From Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, it's JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel. Oh, it certainly is. At nine minutes after six AM, after a long, long Modani, because when we travel the world, we extend the thanks to the one above, and we have an extra long Modani. That's how it works. We are live in Dubai. Words that I and Miriam Al Wallach and our staff and our uh, chairman, uh, you just heard Ralph Rosenbaum a moment ago with the official introduction to this big trip. Uh, words we never thought we'd be saying live from Dubai. And just a few weeks ago, uh, those were words we really never thought we'd be saying on the air. And now look at this. After uh, everything we've explained and all the different uh, uh, backstory to this, um, uh, to this journey, we are finally here after a, a long flight and uh, great service 
and uh, a wonderful stay and a few hours of touring. We are finally here broadcasting live from, remind me the name of the hotel? The, the Hilton Al-Habtor Palace. The Hilton Al-Habtor Palace. I say good afternoon to you, Miriam L. Wallach, and to all of our listeners, a good morning to them. <laughs> that was possibly the longest nine minutes of my life, by the way. <laughs> Not because we played Modani twice. I have a feeling that you've said that before. About I know. Could we stop starting shows with these moments? Baruch Hashem. Um, we always look to the one above for last-minute salvation. God in, is the ultimate producer. In dire situations. It, ultimate producer. It looked a little bleak there for a moment, but here we are. And uh, we are broadcasting live, literally, with... Uh, remind everybody, uh, what is that structure behind us? You know, it's the Burj Khalifa. The Burj Khalifa, it's called. I really should write it down and memorize it, since I've been asking for about uh, uh, two weeks. What's the name of that Tillal building again? I got to tell you, we're probably destroying it as New Yorkers. That's very possible. If yeah. we were in France and we were butchering something that the French say beautifully and that we as New Yorkers say, I don't know. Like Americans? Right. I was going to say pathetically, right. but we could go with Amer- like <laughs> Americans. They cringe, right? Mm-hmm. The Francophiles, they, they cringe. I, I, I'm sure the Emiratis are much more, let's say, sympathetic to the, the foreigners, etc. I hope. They've been kind. They've been They've very been generous. Lovely. Generous with their comments, generous Correct. with their greetings. So I'm hoping you're right that they're also generous when it comes to us uh, butchering their language. Maybe they just don't hear us. <laughs> that could be. Uh, so anyway, a big thank. Well, we're not calling it the Burj Khalifa, which is what we've heard a lot around town. Seriously? Yes, Dinachum. Oh, my God. And did you not see the posts? No. Somebody said the most Jewish thing is that now we're calling it the Burj Khalifa. (laughs) When everyone took the city of Shanghai and started calling it Shanghai after after a restaurant. I'll never understand that one, but it somehow snuck into our lexicon. lexicon is right. Indeed. Big thank you to Yoni Pollock, who for Mm. some reason refuses to fold (laughs) under pressure. Refuses to acknowledge. I texted him about 15 minutes ago, and I said, "Tell me about our power and connectivity." And when he responded, "We have neither." Not, go- <laughs> not good right now. I said, "If he says not good right now, it must be a disaster. Right? An absolute disaster. Bad, bad, bad." Uh, but anyway, big thank you to him. Big thank you to our uh, photographer, Mr. Mayor Cruder. You can go to cruder.com. Am I right? That's the web address. K R U T E R.com. By the way, and a big thank you also to David Wallace, oh, yes. the Travelers, who was trust me. I'm going to get to David. Yeah, I know, but in terms of the connectivity. Oh, 100%. I'm going to get to him, and, and the staff of the hotel were great in getting us connected. It's basically three hours of thank yous. No question about it. It could end up that way, by the way. Uh, anyway, Cruder.com. Uh, he's been documenting everything we've been doing from before the trip, from Kennedy Airport, mm-hmm. all the way to here, to our first broadcast. And to his credit, he's wanted to document more than we have let him but you actually do have control over this. No, I'm I'm pretending that I do. Oh, I, it's I, more I that it's more You're that trying to placate the host by thinking there's is actually some type of filter when it comes to Cruder's post. Hello, this is his fifth trip with us. I know do he's a five timer. Uh, do Woo! you not? He's five star. Do you five not see right. a difference in how he is just seamlessly handling you? He's, I mean, working he's, with you. He's, yes. some, he's somehow <laughs> learning the ropes after all this time. Uh, we calculated he was with us in the Florida. He was with us in Houston. He was right. with us in Israel. In Venice. In, in Dubai, and of course, in Venice. So he is now, uh, he gets a special jacket like the that SNL. That we now have to make. That the SNL hosts get right. because he's now here with us for a fifth Maybe time. we can make him a green sport jacket. And our chairman of our journey to Dubai is Ralph Rosenbaum. A very good morning, Ralph. Good morning. Now. Usually, good morning. Ralph is in East Brunswick, New Jersey, listening to JM 
in the A. I'm wondering what is going on. What kind of setup do they have in the studio? Shenanigans. The word you're looking what for. What happens is when Nahum has other people on the air? Miriam, Yoni, guests who are on live. I tell he always wonders what's here. Not only does he get to see it, he gets to participate, and also we get to thank him because he understood this vision from the beginning. When we said, you know what, we want to go to Dubai and bring the community here to our listeners, he said, I'm in. That was his response. I'm in. So thank you, Ralph. You're quite welcome. It totally. It was a great thank you. It was you. You guys have done tremendously, and yes, listening to it where I live in East Brunswick, figure out what is happening here. Let me tell you, Nahum. Kudos to you. Kudos to the staff. Kudos to the staff. Thank you very I much. I see exactly what is happening, and I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, Ralph's saying to himself, you know, about 50 people are necessary to put together a production like this. How is it that three or four are able to manage? And he's right. I was thinking that Ralph is saying, wow, that's Helm. I don't know. <laughs> no, not at how all. How on earth do those? Yeah. No, that is kidding. not how he views no. us, thank God. And the truth of the matter is, I was thinking this I was thinking this morning at breakfast. By the way, okay, so let's just make the joke now. Yeah. Dubai is always under construction. Right. They are constantly building. And if you and I... Well, you're assuming people hear that background noise, right? Uh, I'm not sure it's being picked up, but it might well, be. Well, I think it is being picked up. It might be. Okay. And if not, uh, if if your computer, your app, your phone, your your car, wherever you're listening right now, your your Alexa, if, if anything's buzzing, vibrating, right. it's us. It's right. not you. If, it's, if there's buzzing in the background, it's construction. Right. Um, but this morning I was thinking at breakfast, ha- as we were discussing a variety of different details that we needed to make sure were taken care of for this show and for the other productions that we're doing while we're here, I was like, wow, we really needed three more people. We yeah. really needed three more people. Three? I know. I could have made an argument for 30. Right. And that's why I would have just said three. <laughs> but in this case, I I think there's validity to it. I mean, we do we, we, we do the job of 30 people. Um, and we're, we're thrilled to do it. We're happy to do it. It's an honor to do it. It would have been helpful to have one more set of hands. One more? Yeah. I'm, see, I've gone from 30 to 3 to 1. Yeah. I, I would have taken 1. I see. You, There's only so much I can ask Cruder to do. You've, down, you've downgraded the necessity of more and more uh, a manpower here. Um, can we talk about the shirts? The shirts. Okay. Talk about the shirts as Mayor Cruder documents the official unveiling <laughs> of the brand new NSN shirt. What's this all about, Mary? Why don't we ever have sound effects? Well, I don't know about... Well, we need we no, d- another person for that, but okay, That's true, ahead. and also yeah. we do have sound effects. When it's Dubai under construction. When you go for the 30 people, then we'll have someone to take right. care of Right, so effects. we made new T-shirts. Um, our Nahum Siegel Network classic white T-shirt has now been adorned with a Dubai 2020. Right, with the blue logo. Exactly. It's really very cool. Very cool. I'd like to g- officially give the first one to our chairman. Oh, chairman. And, of course, you need one for B because otherwise you ain't coming home. Right. So we will make sure to set that aside hey, now. Hey, B. Rosenbaum, best, best regards you. to you, B. Rosenbaum. Yes. Yeah, B., you can't get this in the Dubai Mall. No way. No, you cannot. You might, you might have to come to Dubai to get it, but the mall won't be the place. Right. You can get, I don't know, Tiffany and Cartier and plenty right. of other things and in Dunkin', the mall. And Dunkin' Donuts. Right, and, and Tim Hortons. And Tim, Tim Hortons. Hortons. Why are there Tim Hortons there? Yeah, and, right. a- and Ace Hardware we saw. Right, and but uh, you can't get this T-shirt. Right, it's this amazing. is one of a kind, or 50 of a kind. But either way, this is our signature T-shirt for this trip. It's a huge memento. It's a big deal. And we do want to present you the first one, and we did. 
I, really from the bottom of our hearts for constantly supporting our work, Ralph. You do. You constantly support our work, both quietly and, and publicly, and just the, the nods in, in, in the right direction and the emails, etc. And I know you joke because you love us. And when I joke with you, Ralph, I'm not sitting next to you on the plane. I mean, I am sitting next to you on the plane. It's only because we really are family at this point. Miriam? You've got me. I am speechless. Well, that's <laughs> not good for this business, Ralph. Know, Miriam, I don't know what to say. And Thank you very much. I, you know, you say you're, you're thanking me, but let me tell you, I have to thank you guys. I really have to thank Nachum, Miriam, Yoni. Mayor. Mayor. I, I've got to thank everybody. I have to thank everybody because what, what you guys have done to, what you guys have done for the, Jew, for the Jewish people, just bring us all together. I have found that out over the years that I've listened to you. I'm getting closer and closer. So, and I'm saying that to the people who have, who, who are learning, who, who are working, who are, excuse my, excuse my uh, getting my thoughts down, but who are working to get more Jewish, get more observant. Mm. They don't have to. Just follow your lead, and it's unbelievable. Wow. Let's Thank you very like much that. for that. And, of course, Ralph and, uh, and Rosenbaum Financial Services, Big sponsor of ours in general, and of course, chairing our journey here to Dubai, which is pretty cool, along with other great sponsors. But Ralph is the one as chairman who came along to join us on this journey. Much appreciated. And that shirt will be for Ralph, and the other one will be for B. Yes. And everyone in East Brunswick will be very, very happy. Simple. Totally. I'm going to write B's <laughs> name on the tag <laughs> to make sure she knows which one is hers. <laughs> and he'll be schlepping that back. Yeah. What is it? Eight thousand miles. I've, I keep forgetting to, ch- to look exactly, but we're about. 8, I know, but does it matter? I don't know. You've but been counting miles. That's like a, we're that's paying a, by the mile. Well, that's a pretty big distance. Seven, it is seven to eight thousand miles away from the United States. Yeah. And broadcasting with this incredible site behind I know. us. Check it out, folks. That's Some, not a movie set. No, that's a, that's the real Dubai. Yeah. And and when you look, and we were on top of the. Uh, the big buildings. Thank you. The it's, Burj Khalifa. It's 6,800 miles. Almost 7,000 miles. I mean, look how calm he is he, now, Yoni. He's, he's just looking up mileage. Now, now what, bothers, what bothers me is I was calm a half hour ago. That's not what bothers me. It doesn't bother me. Don't you think his hairline should be receding just <laughs> a little bit with the stress we put him under? Um. Oh, that we're responsible for it? <laughs> I'm just saying. It should be inching backwards slowly. I agree with you on that. Um. Well, we had a wonderful flight. Yes. We All right. I had a wonderful flight. <laughs> Nahum had a mediocre flight, but it had nothing to do with the airline right well okay. it had okay no they boeing no complaints here boeing did not everything, design every, the plane for everything you. was fine right so the flight was planes great. in general are a challenge for me for you yes. yes so we flew emirates which was obviously number one a big deal ariella steinreich who had flown saturday night and got here a day earlier than we did mentioned to us that this was that the flight attendant on her flight had commented that it was that the number of kosher meals outnumbered the number of non kosher meals on her flight right. direct from JFK here to Dubai, which is pretty incredible. We right. can all we did not that. have a similar experience. No, we did not have a similar experience. As I like to joke, we didn't have a minion on the flight. Right. Um, but but the the entire Emirates experience was, in my opinion, pretty great. So you and I started to play the game. You know you're in Dubai when? Well, in this case, it was when you know you're on the Emirates airline. Right. When, um, and, and talk about cultural differences. And, and honestly, what I'm about to say can happen in any country or on any airline representing a country on this side of the world. Okay. And certainly in South America and in Europe, anywhere outside the U.S. But I just found it so funny that when this happened, all of a sudden I said, wow. I'm in a different culture. I don't know if I was on El Al. I would have said the same thing, even though, again, mm. you know, it, what happened was, what happened was, someone's walking, one of the flight attendants, a male flight attendant, is walking down the aisle. 
of the airplane, and there is a plastic bag, probably from the blankets that they gave out. Mm-hmm. There's a plastic bag on the. Those were nice blankets. <laughs> there's a plastic bag on the floor of the right. air, of the airplane. Now, what would normal if you're in the United States and a flight attendant is now walking by and sees this plastic bag on the ground on the floor? What do you suspect will happen next? That the bag would get picked up. Right. That they will bend down and pick up the bag. This flight attendant put his foot under the bag, kicked it up as if he was playing soccer, grabbed it in the air, and threw it out in the garbage. Nice! And I'm saying to myself... That's a move. And I'm saying to myself, you would never see a kid in the U.S. do that because no. they're not, you know, they're, they're not used soccer. to handling the ball Correct. with their hands. right. And here, where they're used to taking care of the uh, of the sport with their feet, sure enough, that's what I'm, So I knew I was on already on the other side of the world when that was happening. But some of the... And, and this is really unfair... To um, to the U.S. and maybe to some other places we travel because maybe it's just that we don't understand sometimes how or we don't notice I should say how uh, there are flight attendants and people in general in the service industry who are friendly and nice but here mm. it seems to be on a completely different level no joke and you come into the hotel and you walk the streets and you see the tour guides and, and officials who were you know at every stop during every tourist attraction that we were at today and you get a different feel for the way that their hospitality works let's put it that way uh, even when you drive up to the hotel you feel that way so i know it's a service industry and i know that some people really do it well but again culturally we've heard in advance that the people here are very into welcoming people from around the world even those whose customs are completely and customs and mode of dress etc are completely different than theirs but we got to see it up close and personal so. right no i listen i i completely agree with that and as a new yorker who does not like to be spoken to when she's in the gap and somebody says gently can i can i help you with something no leave me alone don't talk to me i want to be left alone i'm a new yorker here everybody's being nice to me and i'm actually receptive there's some <laughs> there's something so, so, i'm just saying so so now now the atmosphere here is affecting you not actually affecting the host that is correct it's affecting you. I'm yeah. saying that somehow or another they're putting me at ease right. as a traveler, as a guest, in a way that is welcoming and not overwhelming. Right. And I think that that's, that subtlety is really very important. There's a classiness that that you and I have been finding. There's a class. There was a, a almost like an elevated kind of relationship between the flight attendants all of whom had English as the common language, but most of whom all spoke additional languages. I think at one point, Yoni mentioned that there were 10 different languages which were covered by flight attendants on our flight alone, which number one speaks to that worldly vision that we know in that future vision, um, or I should say future thinking vision that, that is so predominant here in Dubai. Anything that we have visited always keeps talking about the future of Dubai. Where's Dubai going to be in 50 years, you know, with hovercrafts and, and, and all these other different things. And, and frankly, not a doubt in my mind, but I just don't think it's going to take them 50 years. So your, your first step into this Emirati culture being on Emirates and taking that flight was was a really good first date kind of a kind of it a introduced you to the country exactly and yeah I'm sorry no I was gonna say and and we joked you know you're in Dubai when but I could not read the package of the apple juice box and thank God for that little picture that Apple because there was absolutely no print on there that I could recognize right now I wasn't. I wasn't going to drink the apple juice. I just was curious as to what the packaging looked like. And certainly that in and of itself is also an eye-opening experience, is that while we've been highlighting, and hopefully over the, over the next couple of broadcasts, we will continue to highlight the, the influx of Israeli products that are available here 
in Dubai, which is mind-boggling, and the number of OU-certified products that seem to be in the supermarkets, and hopefully we'll be able to see those as well. But yet still, with all of that transition, and Ellie's Kosher Kitchen, and the, the, the catering, and everything that's going on here, and the number of tours, and David Wallace will speak to that, all of that going on, you know, we're still at the beginning. Yeah. We're still at the beginning of this relationship, but look how look how advanced the beginning is. And I want to remind everybody how we got here. It was just mid-September, just three months ago, not even three months ago, that the uh, officials from uh, the UAE and Bahrain and Israel and the United States stood on the uh, front lawn of the, on the south lawn of the White House, went through what's now being referred to as the Abraham Accords, uh, put pen to paper and signed the treaty. And, um, and that's why we are here. It's hard to believe now because we've made it here. And all this that you just described is happening here. It's hard to believe that the official friendship or the official declaration of peace only happened back in mid-September. Right. And that's what uh, led to this trip when, um, uh, when it was first proposed to us to come here. We said, you know what? This is the story now. We don't know how long this is going to be a story because hopefully there will be other countries that join in with Israel in their own uh, peace agreements in due time, hopefully not in too long. And uh, we felt that this is it. Now in December, this is the time to, to get this done, uh, to make this journey. And, uh, and frankly, um, many people know that part of our mission, um, and I th say that uh, in, in, with a small M and in general terms, uh, is to get on the road and bring unique programming to our listeners. And that's something we have not been able to do for the mm -hmm. most part since February. I remind you that the last outside of New York, New Jersey broadcast we did was back in January. It's now Why, Nahum, has anything been going on in 2020 that would have prevented us from going on the road? It's now December. And those juice boxes you saw, mm. I think, is also a result of COVID-19. 100%. There would be regular juice bottles and people pouring them for you, etc., if not for that. And water would be distributed on the plane differently, if not for COVID-19. I think the word you're looking for is normally. <laughs> and meals would be, <laughs> would right. be handled normally. Uh, so we went through all that, and, and they're courageous enough, thank goodness, mm -hmm. uh, with all the other airlines that are operating to try to get all this done in a comfortable atmosphere with with the whole COVID situation. Uh, but yes, there are differences, even uh, even with a green zone or a green country like this, and even with an airline like Emirates that's you know open up and, and is flying full flights at this point. Right. They also have uh, PPE for their flight attendants right. that match their uniforms. Right. Did you notice the red yeah, piping? The trim, yeah. Right. I'm like, guys, that's very classy. <laughs> um, and they had the, they had goggles. They had this. And, you know, and they were still able to do their job. Right. While they did look like they were about to perform surgery at any <laughs> given moment on any traveler, okay, fine. <laughs> but nevertheless, they were super professional, and this is not my first flight since COVID has hit. Um, but again, I am duly impressed. I was impressed with the, with the when when I flew Delta last month, and I'm certainly impressed. This was a long flight; it will be longer to get back. Um, but that that th the stress level that I am sure that they are under these flight attendants, to make sure that they stay healthy and they stay safe and that they're also responsible for the safety and the health, the health of everyone on board, um, they're still conducting themselves for any, for lack of a better word, like mention. 100%. Now, um, we should tell everybody what we're doing here, meaning in terms of what we have scheduled for our broadcast. Yes. Uh, today we're in the hotel. We're literally in the, one of these beautiful conference rooms. If you see the visual and some of the photos that we're going to be posting, etc., that is... Dubai and an incredible section of Dubai uh, behind us. We're in Dubai. We're in Dubai. <laughs> and you want to know something? I don't know if you saw this when we were on the top of that big building. 
But there are, from every vantage point, mm-hmm. it's this type of skyline. Yep. Some, some of them have really a large number of buildings in one shot. I mean, it's incredible. Right. This hotel doesn't have a parking lot view. You know when you check in and they're like, listen, we're very sorry, but we only have views of the parking lot. Yeah, there's no parking lot view here. There's the no. marina, and then there's the Burj Khalifa, and then there's – it's it's – the whole thing is is fascinating. I really do feel like I'm in a Batman movie at certain points because this does look so futuristic. Yeah. But it's stunning and it is immaculate. And as somebody else mentioned, what else you know to me before? What else do you notice about about the sidewalks, etc.? And I'm like, well, I notice about the sidewalks. I mean, I could eat off of them. He said, "There's no homeless." Right. They don't because if you don't have a job here, apparently. Right. They don't allow you to stay. Here you don't get come, to stay. Which is pretty interesting. Right. Uh, I don't it's know. one way to handle the homeless problem. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way we should handle it in America. But that's what. But they whatever. Um, and and another thing, and this is what we saw when when we uh, saw the history of the tower that was built. Um, it, it's amazing the speed with which they're building here. You heard uh, it's a floor a week. It's a floor a week? Yep, that's and what I was I, told. And I, um, I, in the video that I saw about Dubai, uh, they said half of the world's cranes are in the UAE. Which building is, material, not, not, not bird. Correct, building material. Just want to clarify or, or for build, our listeners. Right, building mechanism. Exactly. Uh, we always joke about Israel and, Correct. The, and the state bird being the crane. Uh, but here it's really dominating and it's all over the place. It could be one of the reasons we're hearing the equipment in the background and the construction going on in the background. So there is a, a lot going on here when it comes to building this place. And uh, now you understand, now that those who've been listening to our introduction understand why Israelis, mm-hmm. not just for COVID-19 purposes because they want to get out of Israel, which we understand, but now you understand why so much Hebrew is being spoken where we go uh, in, in all these different places, including this hotel, and why there's so many Israelis because they want to get out and they love to travel, as you know. Right. And there are very few places in the world you can travel freely right now and feel that you can you know, get stuff done and go to attractions during the day, etc. And they're doing it. They're doing it here. And, um, and boy, oh boy, between business and pleasure, the amount of interaction now between those in the UAE and Israel is just unbelievable. Well, I said to you last night that between my Hebrew and my English, I was covered with the languages I needed to speak in the lobby. Right. I was totally set. And, um, you know, it was only partially funny, but as we went through the mall this morning and got to see a bunch of different sites, I mean, the only language that we needed, we didn't even need English. We just right. needed Hebrew to just to talk to the other tourists that we were passing by. Yeah, they were they were all tribe members, as we'd like to refer to ourselves. Yeah, there were people who came over to Yoni asking in Hebrew how to get to certain places in the mall and things like that. It was really that's funny. hysterical. Well, that's it. That's what happens. Well, when, when we got off the flight and we were going through the airport and they looked at me and they said, Tel Aviv? Right. And, of course, my smart aleck response was, I wish. But, you know, Yoni said, well, the, the Tel Aviv flight must be landing also. I'm like... Yoni, I'm, I'm standing with you. You have a yarmulke on. He's like, right, there's that. Okay. <laughs> there's that is right. Right. But um, <laughs> it's very exciting to be here. It really is very exciting. And I do, again, want to thank all of our supporters and sponsors, not of all of whom could make the trip in the end, and we'll certainly give them a shout out. And um, uh, we, we will be thanking people for the next four I shows. Just, yeah, we're going to be thanking a lot of people. I just want to, before we do one thank you list, I just want to point out to everybody what they're going to be hearing over the next few days. So today... Construction. We're here in the hotel, and we do have a nice guest list. Yes. A lot of people who are going to be coming on to discuss very interesting things about this whole UAE-Israel thing mm-hmm. and and the community here right. in, uh, in Dubai. Uh, there actually is a community, something a lot of people did not realize or pick up on until the accords were signed. Um, uh, tomorrow, we're going to be broadcasting from the Jewish Community Center, mm-hmm. right, the JCC. That's uh, something that um, is under the uh, leadership of Rabbi Duchman. 
uh, who a lot of people in this audience know, because there are people who've traveled here before and have taken advantage right. of the Chabad services. Uh, and then uh, when we broadcast from the Renaissance for Thursday, uh, that's going to be a show where we're going to have an opportunity to uh, to again meet Ross Creel, who we've had on the air already and is going to be joining us here this morning. In addition, Rabbi Abadi and others from that synagogue are going to be joining us. And, um, and that will be our third Thursday broadcast, which we're going to be doing from the Renaissance. So not everything's going to be live. Our show right now is live. Uh, some of what's coming up Wednesday and Thursday is going to be pre-recorded, but you'll hear full a uh, complete jam and in both days, of course, with all of our special guests. And if everything works out the way we want it to. The Why? Because everything's been going so smoothly already. If everything works out the way we want it to, our final guest. Yes. Uh, you want to do this, really? Well, I want people to be aware of okay. it. Okay. And I want, I want to promote it. Okay. If, God forbid, the schedule doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least we can take credit for the win. I want people to know that the assistant, that at the one-time assistant to the President of the United States and one-time special representative, for international negotiations, Mr. Jason Greenblatt is going to be in the UAE tonight, and has uh, expressed a um, uh, a expressed a desire to get to our Thursday show, which again, a little bit inside baseball, is going to be happening late tomorrow. Right, and hopefully he'll be able to join us at that time. And that and he, I mean, after all he did to help in this whole situation with the Abraham Accords and being somebody who had a front row seat to everything that went on, it would be amazing mm -hmm. if all this wraps up with him on Thursday morning. So that's the plan, and I think that gives everyone a general idea of what we're aiming for, the type of people we're going to be speaking to, and that someone like him would wrap it up. You understand, everybody, that we're trying to bring you two stories here. One's about the Abraham Accords and the un unbelievable corridor that's now open between Israel and the UAE, and the other story is the Jewish communities here. They're actual, real communities and synagogues and people who are here full-time, permanent residents. There are going to be more now right. of the permanent residents, and we're going to bring you that story from the people who are really in charge of those departments coming up as they see the uh, the as the ones who are now here permanently see the visitor level to the UAE to Dubai just go through the roof mm -hmm. as they as they I don't want to say sit down and, and watch because they're not sitting down they're very actively standing up right. and, and moving forward but as they do all that they're watching a very very potent tourism situation happening from Israel to the UAE. And by the way, mm. we should also mention that it's also a potent tourist situation from the United States Correct. to the UAE. We are, and you mentioned David Wallace, and we're going to speak to him, and koshertravelers.com will get one of our thank yous right now. Uh, he's been helping us coordinate so much, and he's responsible, as you said earlier, for, for part of the success of us actually being live right now. Um, David Wallace and koshertravelers.com have set up a unique journey and that's a journey to Dubai, to right here, to this location, uh, for winter break, yeshiva break, mm -hmm. which means, which means, and I know some people who aren't able to do this sometimes, you know, feel like, you know, they're being left out of this conversation, but I think it's just too fascinating a concept, not to mention to everybody, not to include everybody, that if you have, if, if you're able to make it to the UAE and join that winter vacation, join that yeshiva break trip, you have the strong possibility, if you just arrange it with David, to have your friends and relatives from Israel including one's own children, come from Israel to the UAE, meet up here, and avoid, unfortunately, and I say that unfortunately because we'd love for people to be able to go into sure. Israel, but avoid the situation that makes has made it so difficult to actually get into Israel. So if you want to spend a few days in Chutzlaaretz meeting up with family and friends from Israel, this, believe it or not, Dubai is the place 
to do it. And if I told you a year ago that this was going to happen, that yeshiva break would the, 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 the best way to reunite and spend time with family during yeshiva break would be in Dubai as opposed to the inbal, frankly, <laughs> I don't think you would have believed it. So. I don't know, Nachum. we got, what, 23 days left to this year of 2020? What could possibly go? I don't even. Uh, the worst out of life. I know everything's great. 2021 is starting great with koshertravelers.com. They're starting off with an amazing trip. Uh, and that's gonna and it's going to solve a lot of problems for people. It's very when uh, they want to see family. Very and true. Very very true. We can't. That that's. I mean, how many times have we said this over the last two weeks? We can't get into Israel right now, but we can get right. into Dubai. Now you're on the air with me right now, and honestly, I have no interest in going to a song. I want to continue some. Oh, that's very. I nice. have no interest in going to a song now. This is this is really a very very exciting moment for us. I know, but can we play the, our theme song? You are going to get to our theme song. Okay. That's how we're going to wrap up this thing. But I want to first ask you to join me. In thanking a whole bunch of different people. Good. Because people wonder who, aside from Ralph and Rosenbaum Financial Services, were there for us to make this happen. In fact, we got an interesting communique over the weekend. Mm, where that's s- a nice way of putting where, it. Where someone specifically wanted to know. Yeah, basically wanted know. like our tax returns. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, we like, thank you for your support. Like, like, is the average donor paying for your journey? No, no. When we have a journey with a mission, we go to specific sponsors, Correct. open it up to them, and they respond. So a big thank you to Ralph. A big thank you to everybody. And at, B. And, of course, B. A big thank you. We want so, him to be able to go home. I now. agree with you on that. Uh, although I did hear that B is going to welcome him home, so it shouldn't be an issue. Um, <laughs> I heard B is going to Vegas while he's over <laughs> here in Dubai. Is that what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to thank Aaron's Casino Farms. Yes. Casinofarms.com. They're in Queens. And Aaron's West Orange. Aaron's West Orange.com. They're in New Jersey. Aside from a great shopping experience, which you could speak to. Yep. Aside from that, they have amazing. Is that a uh, UAE accent? Or is that. Uh, I mean, do you really that, want to start this? Does that come with you from Long Island? Do you really want to start this? <laughs> I'm just this curious. <laughs> when I noticed something. This I, show was going so well. When I noticed well. something, I often point it out. Besides the whole nine minutes we couldn't get on the air, this show has been going so well. So, um, aside from the great shopping experience mm-hmm. and the wonderful specials, mm-hmm. they have so many items that will enhance someone's Hanukkah celebration. I'm not speaking about food. I'm speaking about oil and candles and decorations and cutlery and, and paper plates in general, you know, things that are specific for your Hanukkah parties. If you're looking for items that will enhance your Hanukkah that are outside of the food realm, guess what? Our friends at Aaron's. 100%. Aaron's Casino Farms and Aaron's West Orange. A big shout-out to Simon Jacob yes. and Dr. Joe Rosazada, who've been leading our Jewish Unity Initiative. We hope to hear from Simon later on. A big thank you to Morty Getz and everybody at ShopEichlers.com. He made a commitment to us. If you guys go to Dubai, we will be there to support you. And sure enough, Jeez. we told him we're going to Dubai. Mm-hmm. And he said, guess what? I am certainly making good on that commitment. Man of his word. To support you guys. Yep. Want to thank KosherTravelers.com, David Wallace and company. We'll speak with him later on. Want to thank Ariella Steinreich. Is she joining us today? She, I guess. Later on. Ariella Steinreich, who again gets a lot of credit, if not all the She's credit. She's our Shadchan, Nachum. All the credit for... Uh, she for gets Shadchanus guilt. For getting us to Dubai. Well, who would be on the other side? The, the people, I don't know. The people in the UAE? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't figured out who's on the the other side but being that we have already determined as have other people that Ariella is is basically I mean she's the conduit yeah it's just, she's the conduit to anything here in the Gulf she is the un, the, the unofficial Gulf ambassador yeah in both business and in uh, life and, well business and also this whole thing of just you know connecting people for our, from Israel and the United States Correct. to the UAE she is the most powerful woman right now in the Gulf I'm declaring that right now that's interesting. I know. Do you, do me a favor. Yes. Join me for her introduction and, and mention that. Sure. I want to see what happens. 
I think she's going to roll her eyes and laugh at me. Or she'll be the reddest she's ever been. That's true. All right, let's see what happens. Because that's very embarrassing for okay. her, I think. Across River Bank. To because she's very modest. To Jill, that's my point. To okay. Jill Gade and to Phil Goldfeder, yes, everybody across River Bank, they also came through. Basically said, if you're doing a special broadcast for a purpose like this, we're in. Yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty big. Pretty straightforward also, yep. so thank you for that. Uh, and, of course, all of our regular sponsors, including a group of people that are always there when we do any special programming. I'm referring to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, and the Rothenberg family. And a um, a big thank you to uh, to all of our regular sponsors, some of whom we'll mention as we go through the program, which we do on a regular basis at JMDM. Of course, and by the way, sorry about that. I didn't yeah. mean to step on you there. No but, of course, I also want to thank our families who I am number one sure are listening. That is that that goes without saying, but also They haven't disowned us, have they? They're still our families, right? Just making sure. You're not hundred percent sure you're I don't know that <laughs> I can speak for both of us. Um but That's I w- very funny. thank you. I love it when you when I say things that are funny and all of a sudden you're shocked that I'm funny. Well not shocked. I'm just pointing out that thank everybody out there better have been laughing. Thank you. That's all. I hope our family's laughing. But anyway, I do want to thank our families. They, I mean, talk about sponsors and supporters of our work and our mission. That is, that is the best definition of our families. We thank them for, for, for having our backs when we flee the country to go do things like this. No question about it. And today is the 22nd of uh, Kislev. And um, our good friend Ruvain Brick. Mm is, is um, commemorating the 10th yard site today of his mother uh, and wants to sponsor JM and the AM. Oh, wow. So sure enough, he has already uh, sponsored JM and the AM in memory of uh, Hanalea Bas Mayor Halevi. Neshama should have an Aliyah. Amen. And um, he did indicate if we see anything special for him here in the UAE, we should keep him in mind, and we certainly will. Okay. Um, and... Um, he also sent along with us, as a couple of other listeners did as well, shliach mitzvah money that we hope to uh, tomorrow give to one of the rabbis here in the community to distribute. Great. Not that it's a lot, but meaning, you know, just as a gesture to, to make sure we're safe in our journey and our travels. So thank you to Ruvain Brick and the entire Brick family. Uh, that, again, is in the, commemorative yard, the commemoration of the art site of Hanalea Bas Mayor Halevi, the 10th yard site, and we thank you for sponsoring JMM, something that anybody can do if you go to the sponsorship opportunities at fjbunity.org. Again, Yoni so wants you to go to a break. Uh, yeah, I know. He's, I'm driving him nuts here. Uh, fjbunity.org. I'm just way too excited here. We're live and we're rolling, and and this is pretty amazing, frankly, that uh, that all this is happening. We have an amazing guest list coming up. Now, nobody would believe us because we haven't stopped talking yet. I told you that the final thing we're going to do in this segment is introduce, reintroduce a song we introduced yesterday on JM and right. the AM. This song has been specially prepared. For, first of all, it was your idea. Stop. That this, okay, yes, it was. That this be the song, yes, yes, the theme was. song for our journey. Mm-hmm. This was your idea. And it was my... And uh, then you had a brilliant uh, addendum to your stop. idea. You had a brilliant addendum when you, you suggested that Aryeh Kunstler yeah. should cover the song and make a special version just for JM and the AM and the Nahum Single Network in Dubai. And he's totally into it. He was totally and into it. He got to work immediately. He was excited. He loves doing. He loves playing this song. Evidently, he, he plays it live all the time. Never recorded a version of it, but became so engrossed in the project that he's even doing a music video. You ready? I am. More coming up. It's Shame Them Live from Dubai. Feel free to comment on the app. You should check that out. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Our chairman is here, Ralph Rosenbaum. We are with our amazing staff, and behind us is one of the most incredible views of Dubai as we celebrate Israel and Jews around the world 
coming to Dubai in droves, even during COVID-19, to celebrate this incredible brand new relationship. One that uh, just months ago to many of us was really, really strange and out of the ordinary. And now, as we see, thank God, is becoming more and more understandable and commonplace. It's Aryeh Kunstler, our theme song for this journey at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. are live from the Hilton City Al Habtour Hotel. We are in Dubai with the incredible skyline of Dubai right behind us. And we are um, uh, we are presenting our J.M. and broadcasts of Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I want to thank all of the sponsors who we went, th- we went through the list just a couple of minutes ago. I want to thank all of them for participating. I want to thank Aryeh Kunstler for the brand new Salam, the version of Salam that he created specifically for this trip. Thank you to Arya Kunstler for that. That song's going to get a lot of play this week. Oh, yes, and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all about peace in an era which um, our grandparents and parents, uh, many of them would never have dreamt that there would be this kind of relationship now between Arab states, certain Arab states, and Israel. And it's all about Shalom, it's all about Salam, and we get a chance to uh, commemorate it with the song from Arya Kunstler which is now our official theme song for this journey. Um, so we will um, we will continue to use it throughout the entire week of broadcasting. Chanukah begins Thursday night. I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe that it's right around the corner, literally. It begins on Thursday night, and we get an opportunity to uh, celebrate together. It is going to be <laughs> it is going to be frankly a uh, uh, a very interesting. Um, um, event for us to join our families for a Hanukkah celebration just an hour or two after landing from Dubai. But that was one of the reasons that we scheduled things this way. So we would be back for a Hanukkah and we'll obviously get to the Hanukkah music and more all through the week here at JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. By uh, the way, I ju- sorry for interrupting. Uh-huh. I just want to mention um, we've had a number of questions about time differences. Right. We should just note, I mean... We are nine hours ahead right now of New York. Correct. Where we are now, it's uh, just about uh, 4 p.m. Well, obviously, if we're live, yeah, it's about 4 p.m. We have never broadcasted with this kind of time difference before. Usually when we're in Israel, it's 1 to 4. Right. It would be near 2 o'clock now in Israel. Right. So this is this is a big deal. Yeah. On many, many levels, this is a big deal. And it's a big deal because it's a 14 and a half hour direct flight back. Wow. <laughs> Who's ready for that, Nahum Siegel? Just under 7 
thousand miles. I mentioned that. Just under seven. You say it like we're walking it. I can't figure out what the problem is. We're just, just going to be on the plane. Just under, nobody's asking you to fly it. No one's asking you to refuel it. Just under seven thousand miles. Yeah. Wow. I want to play a song in honor of Hanukkah week. Okay. From our friend Moshe Hecht. Why, 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 are you, you going to play my favorite Hanukkah song? I don't know. Which one is it? Yeah, well, we'll get to that eventually, but can I do this one first? Yeah, it is, I mean, of it course, is it is all, your show. It is, after all, all, only Tuesday, right? I know, but I'm, I'm getting into the spirit. So everybody out there who can... Uh, oh, that's not the song I had in mind. I was going to say, is that a Hanukkah song? No, I don't it's, know it's, about. it's this one I had in mind. Um, is your computer filled with gremlins? No. It's taking it, over? No, every laptop we use is filled with gremlins, frankly. That is for sure. That's how Excuse it works. me, mine seems to be gremlin-free right now. I hope so. We could use yours to be gremlin-free. Exactly. Moshe Hecht is next. Top of the hour. Plenty of guests coming up from Dubai at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com, and the AlchemSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Yeah. 
JM in the AM. Moshe Hech's song is called Lamplighters. Playing that in honor of Hanukkah 5781, which, believe it or not, begins on Thursday night. Uh, we're here in Dubai as we continue. As we, oh, how do you like that? That's, uh, that's your song, which <laughs> I had lined up, and it was obviously over-anxious to play, to say the least. We'll get to it later on, I'm sure. Uh, we're here in Dubai, and uh, many of you are aware of the uh, incredible, and I mean incredible, developments over the last many months. And one of the people who could speak to this is uh, Fleur Hassan Nahum, Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem and co-founder of the UAE-Israel Business Council. Um, she grew up in Gibraltar, studied law at King's College in London, and uh, has a very, very impressive resume, including her stint on the City Council of Jerusalem. She's co-founder of the UAE-Israel Business Council, which builds ties that promote trade, innovation, and cooperation between Israel and the UAE. There is a website, uaeisraelbusiness.com, uaeisraelbusiness.com. It is a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful being here. How are things in the holy city? And in this case, I mean Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody would be confused this week, <laughs> that right? That is correct. <laughs> um, wonderful. We have a fantastic mayor for the last two years. His name is Moshe Leon, who's a great guy. Cleaned up the city, building the city, making infrastructural improvements, development all the time. And, uh, and I'm happy to be serving under him and, uh, and looking forward to the future. Jerusalem is the future. Yeah, it is the future. There's no question. And I always say the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel in no city other than Jerusalem uh, can, can one believe it as much as in Jerusalem. I can tell you that much. And the, th- this whole challenge of COVID-19 has created a variety of challenges, to say the least. And Jerusalem, we know, was an, as, is, as has all of Israel, been hit relatively hard when you look at what's happened over the last few months. With all of that, though, it sounds like you're pretty optimistic of what's happening in Jerusalem. Well, I'm an optimist in general. I think anybody who isn't an optimist has no place in politics, because then what are you offering people, right? Um, No, we've had a very challenging time, and I'll I'll tell you why. Basically, 20 to 30 percent of our economy, directly or indirectly, is based around foreign tourism. Five million tourists a year come to Jerusalem, which is almost 90 percent of all the tourists coming to the country. That was wiped out, like in many cities. We're not unique in that. But we were very hard hit. All the cafes, everything around tourism, totally decimated. Um, We were already, and not a lot of people know this, which unfortunately is true, the poorest city in the country. Why? Because the two largest um, minority groups in the country that are most economically marginalized are living in their largest numbers in Jerusalem. So 37% Arab population, 25% Haredi population. Both these populations live very much under the poverty line. Arabs is about 70%, Haredi is about 50%. It's too high. And the workforce participation in these two populations are low. The Haredi community is the men who work 50%, and in the Arab community is the women work. 20% 20% more women are working in percentage-wise in Saudi Arabia than are working in East Jerusalem. Uh, and and it's problematic, much less than any town, Arab town or city of Israel. Right. When you look at why, we see that education, of course, has a part to play in these statistics, but they're very depressing statistics. Um, so already we were in a state of constantly pushing forward with renewal ideas, with all sorts of um, excellence programs, training programs, and then you know everything kind of stopped and went the other way. So we're hoping that all this turns around quickly and that uh, even though things are where they are, 
Yes. They're going to hopefully uh, get better and better as we go through the next few months. Absolutely. And I think that the peace with uh, with the UAE, with Bahrain, are going to be a part of that. Right. Because, you know, for many years, as you know, we've had such an incredible amount of tourism from the Christian world. And we're looking at the new area, the new chapter of Muslim tourism to the third holiest site, which is, uh, you know, Temple Mount. Sure. And everybody that I've met here has on their bucket list that they want to come to Jerusalem. So I'm very excited by this. Would they feel era. comfortable doing so, in your opinion? I think they would. And I'm here to make sure that they know that they should feel comfortable. Right. And I'm, I'm trying to create the best product possible for the needs of the Emirati Bahraini tourists. Right. Flor Hassan Nahum is here. How did you tell us from the beginning about your association with the UAE? Because everyone, of course, has September the 15th and the official Abraham Accords as the date that's so significant from two and a half months ago. But the reality is that this whole association began much earlier, right? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I have a, my, my co-founder is called Dorian Barak. He's been working for about a decade in this region as a hub to Africa and China, where, where he was doing a lot of work, a lot of uh, different business opportunities for Israel and for American. Um, um, you know, he had run, he run a few funds. He sat on a, a lot of boards. So he was already in this environment. And I've been talking for about a year with the folks uh, from the American embassy. They never told me that it was this was imminent, but we were talking about normalization deals. We were talking about rapprochement. We were talking about how to bring how to bring us and the UAE closer. Um, and so all this came together. And back in June, Dorian kept telling me, you know, the new frontier for Israel is definitely the Gulf. Hmm. So I said to him, let's just create something. Let's create some, build it, and they will come. Right. right. So we built it in June. And we had no idea that in August this announcement was going to be made. <laughs> so you had the council in place not realizing that this whole thing was about to explode in a good way. Not realizing. We just knew that normalization was on speed. Right. We didn't realize it was actually going to peak in, that, in the same year. Um, that certainly didn't cross our minds for a second. Once it did, though, we created an online platform within a few days. We made a lot of noise about it. And till today, we have three and a half people signed up to the UAE Israel Business Council and we have data. We know what spaces, what verticals people want to do business in. Right. And what's unique about our platform and unique about our, our organization is that it's not just Israel like a chamber of commerce or UAE like a chamber of commerce. This has been created both by Israelis and Emiratis together. Now, why is this week so important? Is this a typical week that there's so much business being conducted between the two countries or is this an exceptional week because of the expo and everything that's going on now? I think it's, I mean, I think Israelis have been trickling in for a while. I think it's, look, it's this combination of things. Hanukkah, right. people are tired of, of being home. Right. They want to get out. Here things are a little freer. They're very COVID conscious here, but people keep to the rules. Um, I think that oh, there's about three or four very interesting conferences right. this week. With all business related, right? All business related. I actually, I think I, I probably, um, I hosted, I co-hosted the only non-business related conference. <laughs> well, it wasn't a conference. It was a real uh, wonderful, beautiful moment uh, where on Sunday night, um, the Crossroads of Civilization Museum, which is a local museum that I met with, and a museum that I'm I'm part of leading forward, which is a museum of Jews from uh, Arab and Muslim lands, um, 
very important part of our narrative, Sephardi, Mizrahi Jews, which I'm very proud to be a Spanish-Moroccan Jew. Um, my husband's family are Iraqi Jews. And I think we have a very important role to play, not only in our narrative in the region, as indigenous, of course, um, but also in the bridging because of similar cult cultural similarities. Which, again, many of us, especially the way we were educated, in the environment that we grew up, we don't always appreciate those no. those similarities. But yeah. you 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 know a lot about them. I I know something. My my mother comes from Morocco. My family till today is living in Morocco. Have Muslim business partners. You know, my father was a politician in Gibraltar. His biggest you know supporters were Muslims, and so I grew up in that environment as a Sephardi Jew. And I believe that we're very natural bridge builders to this. Yeah. And so what we wanted to do is put our flag in the sand. And that's what we did on Sunday night. We signed an MOU between the Future Museum, which is the Heritage Center for Middle East and North African Jewelry, and the Crossroads of Civilization Museum. We had the Minister of Tolerance coming, and it was a wonderful, wonderful moment. It's not just business. It's culture. It's culture, cultural exchange. It's friendship. It's building relationships. Right. This is warm peace. And what's, and what's interesting is we never saw this. And I know some might argue with me that maybe to a degree we did. But we never saw this no. with a peace agreement with Egypt. We no. never saw this with a peace agreement with Jordan. We never saw it with any country that Israel has reached out to. And now, in such a short period of time, we are seeing it in earnest from this country. This is what's so exciting. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue that we have a home peace with Egypt. Right. We have a strategic peace, which has kept stability, regional stability, no doubt. And Jordan, the same. It's not a warm peace. I've never seen Egyptian tourists coming to the Temple Mount. Right. Even Jordanian Jews. Israelis go to Petra here. Mm -hmm. and you know, Sinai. You don't see a warm peace. And I, and I have to say, there's a caveat here. It's a different era. It's the era of Zoom and WhatsApp. And we can't compare. I don't know what peace with Egypt or Jordan would have been if we would have done it today. We can't judge. Right. But it is what it is. And it's not a warm peace. Two questions for you. The first is... Um, and I, I, I'm, this is not a this is not a backhanded way to get the current president of the United States some credit. But I'm curious from your standpoint, if if someone else was in office, would this have moved as quickly as it did? Would there be a White House ceremony the way there was, or would this simply likely have been something that Israel and the UAE would have done without the assistance of the United States? Absolutely not. I'm very open about this, and of course I don't uh, you know I don't come out supporting one side or right. another. This happened because of Donald Trump and Jared Kushner. There's no doubt, because I'll tell we you, would not be here right now. No, absolutely not. I mean, I might have come on a holiday with Understood. my British passport, but you wouldn't have half of Israel and Jerusalem and New York and in this hotel, and in this hotel <laughs> with kosher food. No, I, I mean, I, I'm very open about this, and I've said this in numerous interviews uh, everywhere in the international press, American press. The State Department of the United States for many years had a mantra mantra that we heard John Kerry talk about very openly, and that is, you can never have normalization with the Arab world unless you solve the Palestinian problem. It took somebody like Trump, and of course Kushner, to come and say, no, we're not going to just follow or go along with that pattern cut out for us by decades of American policy in the Middle East. Uh -uh. And whatever was necessary, business-wise, and I'm being careful how I say These it, are business people. and security-wise, yes. America would make sure the UAE got it. Whatever they felt had to be done to make sure this deal happened. Whatever had to be done. Right? The point is, and I said this in, in an interview, there was hand-holding here, no doubt, by Jared Kushner, who came 
and used his uh, his his personal capital here. I mean, I don't mean in a, in a, right. in a business sense, capital. Business capital. Right. His reputation, his experience, and pushed everybody together. Final question. Yeah. Tie this somehow all together. You, your deputy mayor of Jerusalem, you described the difficulty in the city in general, poorest city in Israel. On top of that, you spoke about you know putting the overlay of COVID-19 on top of the city makes things even more difficult. Yet you also said that you think that what's happening here now could potentially help the city of Jerusalem. Absolutely. Explain how. That's why I'm here. Um. As you know, as, as you know, 37% of our population is Arab. Right. I believe there's a very natural, organic bridge to be built between the Gulf states and the Arab population of East Jerusalem because East Jerusalem um, needs to be developed. We, I mean, I look in the mirror and say, we didn't do enough. We've changed our policy, the government of Israel and the municipality in the last three years. We want to bring opportunity. We want the mantra, the philosophy of the deal of the century of Trump, which is peace through economic development and opportunity. That's what I believe in, and that's what I'm here to push. Well, phenomenal. You're doing a great job at it. And from the moment we started getting associated with the UAE and potentially being here, your name has come up a thousand times. Well, you can thank Ariela Steinman yes, for that. Yes, <laughs> believe me, we're going to be thanking her from today till tomorrow <laughs> and beyond that. Uh, Flor Hassan Nahum, Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem, co-founder of the UAE Israel Business Council. I look forward to seeing you in Jerusalem, please God. Please God, inshallah, I look forward to receiving you Inshallah is right. Yes, I have to remember what part of the world I'm in. (laughs) I thank you very, very much. Um, Florasan with us on a very special Tuesday broadcast here at JM. And then we continue from the Hilton City Al-Hab Tour. That's where we are. Uh, With a big thank you to everybody, including our Chairman Ralph Rosenbaum, who is uh, watching and listening and shepping a lot of nachas, I can tell you that much. Uh, And like we, he's learning a lot about the relationship between Israel and the UAE. On the very first day of the Abraham Accords, the day it was signed, Ariella Steinreich was a guest of ours on JM the AM. She is Senior Vice President at Steinreich Communications. We learned a few things about her that morning, including that her association with the Gulf precedes her working at Steinreich Communications. She's been involved in the industries important to the Gulf for quite a while. It is a pleasure, and frankly, it's a dream that we are sitting here in the UAE, in Dubai, speaking to each other. Welcome to JM in the AM. It's an honor to be here with you, and look at the backdrop. This is unbelievable. This is not Manhattan. It's not (laughs) Manhattan, and it's funny. You know, they call Manhattan the center of the world. Excuse me. Excuse me. They call Jerusalem the center of the world. They call Manhattan the capital of the world. And after just one day in this region... I'm saying to myself, I wonder if we're seeing a real switch where it looks like this area of the world could be the most attractive place to visitors and business people alike. And I have a feeling when you said that, you also have a feeling that that it's heading in that direction. I think Dubai represents the past, the present, the future. And and even if you think about Jewish life in the Gulf, it represents all of those. I mean, it's it's becoming a quick hub of Jewish life, whether it comes to shuls, whether it comes to food. I don't know if you guys had the chance to walk around, but it feels like a Shabbos morning at the Imbal Hotel around here. <laughs> I mean, everybody... Language-wise, it does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just read it to somebody I went to high school with, somebody I went to college oh with, somebody who married somebody I went to college <laughs> with. Um, so as I said to somebody earlier, I I think, you know, our, our little secret hideaway just, just kind of blew up. And, uh, and thank God we've got many people here. There's 50,000, I don't know if Fleur mentioned, there's 50,000 uh, Jews and Israelis expected to be here this month. Right. Which is incredible. Right. 
And uh, when I landed, I came from JFK, and I actually tweeted a photo um, of, you know, at the, ca- at the luggage carousel, and it, was, it also had the Tel Aviv flight that had come in. And I said, this picture is worth a thousand words. It's something that many of us have been, you know, years, it's been years in the making, something we've dreamed of, and that dream finally became a reality. And, and being back here after the Abraham Accords, you see it, you feel it in the people. Everybody's talking about it. Tell me about the days when this really was a hideaway for you. Why was there an entree in to the whole, what sounds like, if I if I read the transcript of our conversation from two months ago correctly, it sounds like oil and gas was an entree for you into this region. Absolutely. So I, uh, this was years ago, this was about a decade ago, I was working in PR in the oil and gas industry, and you can't do oil and gas and not somehow enter into the Gulf. And while I was here and I met the people, and they really, they were very embracing of my, of my you know, religious you know, uh, lifestyle. Respectful. Um, re- very respectful. In fact, in the beginning, I didn't even know there was a shul here. I think it's even before they started. I would go back to the UK sometimes for Shabbos and go back on Sunday. Everybody, they, they wanted to make sure I had the, the proper Shabbos experience. And now, 10 years later, I mean, this is this is incredible. I mean, we're spending Shabbos here. We've got an amazing Friday night dinner. We've got Emiratis. We've got Israelis. We've got American Jews. It somehow feels like everybody is coming. And I can't tell you how many Emiratis have said they're excited not just to celebrate Shabbat, but to celebrate Hanukkah. This is going to be Shabbos Hanukkah, and we're going to have an incredible group of people all coming together, and the excitement's in the air. You know, it's interesting. When we traveled around, and, and you know that this morning we had an opportunity to do a little bit of the sightseeing, and which was really important before we actually started the broadcast, um, it's obvious that the diverse um, a cultural experience here is purposely diverse. They are trying to welcome people of all faiths and make everyone feel as at home as possible, which is a really amazing feeling, frankly. And that, I think I think that's detected in the decor at this holiday time, and it's reflected in the music that's playing in the mall, et cetera, et cetera. My uh, the hotel I just checked into for the next part of my of the next week, it looks like a scene out of the Nutcracker. I right. Like, <laughs> there's like Christmas trees. I'm like, all that's missing is the menorah. Although I will tell you, I'm pretty sure by the end of this week there will be menorahs up in these hotels. Um, but they're very excited about this, and I think to your point. In general, the Gulf, not even just the UAE, has really gone through this transformation of wanting to bring in more religions. They want people to feel welcome. One of the core tenets when you walk around, whether it's your hotel, whether it's going into almost any establishment here, is the Arabic influence of making sure everybody feels at home, hospitality. And they want you to feel at home, no matter your race, your your religion, anything of the sort. And so they they want you to feel comfortable, whether you're Jewish, whether you're you know whether you're, you're Muslim, whether you're Christian. And they want this to be a place that everybody feels welcomed. And so they kicked this off you know a couple of years ago with the year of tolerance. And I think it's been a year of tolerance ever since. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a long year. Yeah. Tolerance. Hopefully, it'll continue. Uh, Ariella Steinreich is with us. So now, w- when you were on uh, on that very special day, go back to September the fifteenth of this year, and we were talking about the Abraham Accords, you did say this is a golden opportunity uh, for business people, really around the world, not just Israelis, but Jews around the world, etc. Kosher companies, etc. Now, remember that was the last time we spoke at length about this concept. In the last couple of months, you've seen that whole idea explode, right? I mean, you've seen. Um, um, manufacturers and uh, and uh, professional uh, people from the food industry come here looking for distributors. You have seen people actually set up uh, kosher catering facilities, and you know, and and them being able to service people who are coming for conventions, vacation, etc. What am I missing? What else? What else have you seen over the last couple of months? I think you see a ton. I mean, walking around, there's four conferences going on this week in, right. in Dubai. I was just at the Waldorf at the uh, Dubai Summit, which is like a family office conference. 
there's at least multiple minyanim, if if not, you know, even more than that. There's Hasidim. I mean, everybody is here. So I think the answer in lies by just looking around and seeing who is here. Um, I don't know about you, but my flight, which left again from JFK, not even one of the Israeli flights, we had minyanim on the flight. The flight attendant told me so it was the most amount of kosher meals. Right. There was a lot of wheeling and dealing in line to get on to board the flight. I met, I actually met a whole bunch of potentially uh, new business contacts. Everybody said, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it was it was really quite funny. Yeah, our flight a day later was a bit different. Yeah. Not 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 as <laughs> <laughs> Not as many Hamish of people, but it was, it but, was still interesting. No, I, I think we're seeing a ton. And, and the other opportunity, I would say, is uh, if you track the UAE versus Bahrain, Bahrain is about four to six weeks behind. So everything we're seeing now in four weeks from now is going to happen there. So the same way there was this this massive rush to have kosher hotels, we now, you know, the Ritz-Carlton in Bahrain now announced that they're, they're, they have kosher food. Um, we've got Pesach programs coming. There's there's even like midwinter break programs right. coming. It's, it's this mad dash. Is Bahrain... As beautiful as this is, Bahrain as advanced as this is. It, is, it, is it similar? If I've been here, do I need to go there? You know, to see what's happening there. I don't want to give away too many secrets about Bahrain because secretly between you and I, I know Miriam likes to tell the story that 90 minutes before Shabbos, right. you know, I said let's go, to, let's go to Dubai. Right. I'm kind of hoping to give her a few weeks off before I then say let's go to Bahrain. <laughs> so I don't want to give away too many secrets. But that flight's <laughs> no shorter, is it? <laughs> it's not direct. You can't get yeah, oh from, from the U.S. But uh, but what I will tell you is that it has a little bit of a different flavor. You know, people talk about the Gulf, but it's not really a monolithic place. Everybody has its unique identity. So here you see this combination, maybe even a little bit more slanted towards the mar- the modernity and things like that. In Bahrain, it's it's more slanted towards the authentic experience. So it's kind of like the old city of Jerusalem, right? right. Like the cobblestone more street. More traditional. 100%. Um, but I think what you'll find, what's unique, is, again, that Jewish community. You, you can't replace an indigenous Jewish community. They are really ingrained in the fabric of Bahrain society, um, and they're they're very excited to welcome I was going to say, are they very, happy about all this? Very, yeah, I think, I think everybody. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody, you know, Muslim, Jewish, even Christian, who's not excited about right. this in the Gulf. Do you have inroads already in some of the other countries that we expect to hop aboard this whole uh, system? Or? 100%. Yeah, plenty of people. 100%. I mean, obviously, you know... Politics aside, in the U.S., I think that that you know does change the timeline a little bit. But right. you know, it's. I think I even said this on air last time. I mean, I know for a fact there's one more that's that's right. you know at least that's in the works. Um, but also don't don't underestimate that in the Gulf, there's a lot of let's wait and see how the reaction works. And so there was very positive reaction in the Emirates, very positive reaction in Bahrain. And so yeah, I think the third one part of their process was was doing that. But um, I would be remi- and I'd be remiss talking to such an esteemed you know member of the press in the states, but not saying the Emirati and the Bahraini press played a huge role in this. Right. Some of them faced real backlash. A dear friend of mine in Bahrain is is you know as a very prominent position in, in journalism. She gets hate mail all the time, all the time about this. It's true. And that incredible. hate mail you assume is coming from trolls. They're just trolls. It's trolls and and. But from what background? Like which which well there's which a, or still, there are plenty of people here that are still, upset about it. The Emirates is a little different than Bahrain. Bahrain still has um, some uh, extremist, you know, dissidents that that goes right. on there. You know, they have these Iranian factions, which obviously they're not thrilled about this. Um, but again, the yeah. people on the street who have been so supportive of this, you can't underestimate. You know, I said this earlier. Governments can make decisions, but the people have to really embrace it in order to see the warm peace. And that's what you're seeing here. The fact that, you know, I'm, I'm being asked, you know, I want to take you to a kosher restaurant. I'm going to the kosher restaurant with all my Emirati friends, you know, like, or, you know, <laughs> what are you doing for Shabbat? They want to come to Shabbat dinner or, you know, I'd love to have kosher catering in my home because that's the other thing. They all want to welcome you into their home. It's a little complicated with COVID, right. but, um, but there's a lot of desire to do that. And so I think you don't underestimate the role the media played because if they didn't come on board, 
then it would have been a lot harder to educate the societies in these locations. Very interesting. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, you never thought the press would have such a role in all this, but I guess they're, they're the ones who are out there on the front lines telling the people about all the developments, and if they're excited about it, then people are going to be excited about it. Um, when you were on last, we did recommend that anybody who has a desire to do business in this region should be in touch with you. Now, at this point, they may all have already, and you may feel that they all have already. And if not, the last the last 48 hours of nonstop meetings, like 18 hours a day, I might have some new contacts to give to, to listeners. So anybody who needs, you feel free to feel free to reach out. We're here to help. And this really is the, the promised land, no pun intended, in terms of business opportunities. So, <laughs> Ariel Steinreich, Senior Vice President, Steinreich Communications. Before you leave, your yes. email address that you are willing to give out to our listeners would be? <laughs> Who knows what's going to come now? I know. It's A-S-T-E-I-N-R-E-I-C-H at S-C-O-M-P-R.com. But I'll make your lives easier. You could just go to S-C-O-M-P-R.com and you can find all of our contact information there. All right. And be in touch with Ariella if you're interested in this region of the world. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. And thank you, Ariel. Sorry about that. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Um, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and Esther ba- No, I'm fine. I got it. Esther Basar Levi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser. You got it? With morning chizuk. Good morning. We say every day in the Shemona Esrei, Borecholeinu Hashem Elokeinu Es Hashona Hazos. Bless us, Hashem. Bless us on our behalf. Give the year all kinds of crops. Give it dew and rain. Blessing. Bountiful blessings. The question is asked, by Rabbi Avram, the son of the Gra, if everything has already been decided, our sustenance, our parnasa on Rosh Hashanah, as it says, Mizanasa Shaladam Kitsubin, Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah, that the sustenance of a person has already been decreed from one Rosh Hashanah till the next. So what is the reason that we've got to pray every day? Bless us, Hashem. This has already been established from the beginning of the year. However, we learn a very important yesod, a fundamental concept in Torah Judaism. And that is that everything that is nigzar, everything that has already been decreed, is still dependent upon our own actions each and every day. It wasn't good enough just to be good at Rosh Hashanah, just to be on our best behavior and then get the blessing. Every day, a person has to continue to deserve, to warrant all of the blessings that Hashem has promised to us. And that is the reason why we stand every day in shul and we pray, that Hashem should continue to pray, that it shouldn't be different, that we should still be worthy recipients of the great blessing that was given at Rosh Hashanah. An entire year, a person has to remember what happened on Rosh Hashanah. An entire year, a person has to remember that each day we have to be a clay kibble, the proper recipient, the proper vessel to bring Hashem's blessings into our world. The great Ramosh Aaron Stern once said that they were coming into town and they were bringing beautiful wine for free. Anybody that wanted to get that very fine wine was able to get it. The only thing is they had to bring a receptacle. So he says there were some people that they brought huge barrels and they were able to fill up the barrels with that wine and take it home and enjoy it. Some people came with a little schnapps cup 
a small little whiskey glass. They were only able to get a couple of ounces. Each and every day of our lives, a person has to make the decision, what am I coming to Hashem with? Am I coming with a barrel? Am I coming with good deeds? Am I coming with Torah? Am I coming with the same good behavior that I was on a Rosh Hashanah? Or Chas Shalom? am I coming with that little schnapps cup? This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. That's Avramo, Avram Freed, here on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. 8th of December, 22nd of Kislev. I want to thank uh, Ruvain Brick. He is sponsoring today's uh, broadcast in memory of his mother, whose 10th yard site is today, the 22nd of Kislev. Chanalea uh, Bas Mayor Halevi. Chanalea Bas Mayor Halevi. And I thank Ruvain and the entire Brick family. Also, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio and try A&H today. Also, a reminder, those of you who would like to be a mentor or a uh, student for Partners in Torah, it is a life-changing experience, whichever one you choose. It's a life-changing experience. Call 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number 4, then the number 2, or go to partnersintober.org. Again, partnersintober.org, and check out their website, partnersintober.org slash Shabbat, to um, see their curriculum specifically for Shabbos. Um, David Wallace is here, koshertravelers.com. It would be an understatement if I said that he's been an extreme help for us over the last couple of weeks, because he has been uh, just that and more, including uh, helping us today in advance of this broadcast and participating with us, and we participating with him, more accurately, in a tour of Dubai and the key locations in Dubai. You're here for three hours. You want David Wallace to lead your tour, so you can go to the big building. Don't worry. I'll get the name straight before I leave Dubai. Uh, that you can go to the frames, it's called, and you can go to uh, the mall and some of the other places that are really impressive. David Wallace of koshertravelers.com is the man responsible for many cruises, tours, exotic trips, Pesach programs, and a yeshiva break trip that's coming up to the UAE. If you'd like to meet fa- uh, friends and family in Dubai, from Israel, in Dubai, in other words, if you want to travel from the U.S. and have your friends and family travel from Israel to see you and to reunite with you here in this city, in the luxurious Dubai hotels um, and kosher restaurant, etc., etc., uh, with everything taken care of, uh, just go to uh, koshertravelers.com, koshertravelers.com. David Wallace, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Seems like we spoke uh, just a few days ago, and in fact, we did speak just a few days ago, and we were thousands of miles away from each other when that conversation took place, and now we are six feet away from each other, or as they say in this country, we are two meters, two meters away from each other, which apparently is the custom here. The COVID custom in the U.S. is six feet. The COVID custom in this part of the world seems to be two meters. Anyway, welcome to JM the AM. <laughs> Fantastic to be here in Dubai. It's in a beautiful view. It, it is unbeliable, you know, and, and pe- people like yourself are always touting the uh, the beauty and the uniqueness of each uh, place that you bring people to and each cruise that you run, each Pesach program you run, everything has its unique. When you were, use the word beauty, though, in this case, it is so apt and so appropriate. I mean, uh, you're looking at, um, as a city, one of the world's wonders. I don't know if it's an officially a world wonder. I don't know if an entire city can be. But when you're all the way on top of that building... <laughs> 
and you're able to see around different skylines, some plots of land with 10, 12, 15 high-risers, all coming from one small spot. You see the type of, uh, of construction and building that's going on here, and it really is absolutely beautiful. Uh, when did you first become at all familiar with Dubai and the UAE, or is this strictly a development from what happened at the White House a couple of months ago? Uh, I'll, I'll uh, wind you back to uh, August 13. It was a Thursday night when the news broke around the world. I think it took everyone by surprise, including those who live here in Dubai for, for years, um, especially the Jewish community. And uh, being that kosher travel, travel tourism across the world, kosher or not, went into the deep freeze, as we know. Flights, aviation, hotel, hospitality, catering, food, all those industries have gone into the deep freezer when it comes to tourism. And um, I, I, I was just overwhelmed, as were so many of us, when we heard that news break. And on the next morning, I started doing some research. I mean, we'd all been sitting you know, in furlough, <laughs> so to speak, um, and waiting for something to happen with the skies to open up again. And... Um, I went online and started fishing around and seeing what's going on in Dubai. I'd, I'd never been to Dubai. I've traveled the world. I've been to over 85 countries in my life, but never been to United Arab Emirates. Being with you today, it seemed like you were very familiar with this well, place. I was here a month ago, and we did our scouting trip, and we checked place out, and we found partners who we can work with on a, on a regular basis in bringing Jews from around the world. So you have a Hanukkah tour this week plus the Yeshiva Break tour, but you never walked into this country till a month ago? Correct. Interesting. Correct. Listen, we had to work very, very fast. Yeah, I see As that. is, you can see, the situation on the ground is so dynamic. Everybody's facing this, this incredible wave of tourism that is about to hit here, especially from Israel. Look, people have been sitting in at home, in yep. quarantine, and people are tired and fatigued. We've talked about this. They're fatigued of corona. And Dubai is one of the only places in the world that's a green zone, no quarantine on either end. Uh, facilities here are beautiful. I, <laughs> we talked about Dubai. I describe it as a, a mix of Manhattan, Vegas, Mumbai and Morocco. <laughs> Bring all those together and you've just got this heady mix of excitement and wow factor everywhere you turn. And um, it's affordable. Food is readily available. Kosher food is, is available here. We've added, we're adding content through our programs by having guest speakers, meeting the chief rabbis, meeting the community leaders, bringing Emiratis into our program, David Weinberg from our uh, right. from the Jerusalem Institute of... He uh, was with us on the air, and he'll he be was. part of that big program for you. He is, correct. correct. So we've got 40 people coming next Monday. Uh, I've got a few spots left for anyone who's spontaneous. That's for December 14th Hanukkah program. Yeah. But then we've got the Yeshiva week as well in uh, January, January. How's the 21. response to that one? So far, so good. But, uh, you know, I think, I think people have to, the, the word has to get out how safe and secure it feels to walk the streets here. Right. How did you feel this morning? I felt great. And frankly, with all the warnings that have been coming out and all the things that people have been saying, uh, it was, it, it, I was told that I'll feel uncomfortable here. It's not, not the case. You don't feel uncomfortable. We're wearing right? our kippot. Yeah, we have in, our kippot. In the malls. You know, everyone wears a mask. Yep. It's very respectful. And uh, I think when you, when you see that discipline, you see that discipline that, that just it, it feeds all the way through at every level of society, then you know that you're in safe, secure hands. Yeah, and, and in addition to that, there's an air of luxury here. You did say it's affordable, and I do agree with you. I don't think we're speaking to only a specific segment of no, people that can come here. Not at all. I think all. a lot of people can consider a trip like this, especially those who regularly you know, do traveling, you know, who go to Florida, California, etc. They could consider it. But there's an air of luxury. The way people dress, not ostentatious, 
but very befitting, very batam, as batam, we would say. Exactly. They look nice, and they have, they have, you know, different than some of the other Arab countries or cities that we've been in. Or even Israelis, if you see them, look at the white light dress. So it, it does bring an air of, uh, of dignity yeah. uh, to the, uh, plus the, how clean the city is, uh, plus the way they greet you, both in the hotels, the shops, the airport, etc. There's something here that's just un- unusual, I think. I think it starts from the top down, you know, from, from the Sheikh Mohammed, who has... Um, uh, transmitted this messaging of, of service orientation and this society, the, the workers here at every level, management, staff, uh, down to the, the doorman, they all understand service, they recognize it, they, they, they go out of their way and, uh, you know, you talk about a simple thing, I, I'm, I'm asked regularly, you know, you're supposed to tip here. Right. You know, you come from New York, right. it's, a, it's a big tipping society, you know. Here, it's unexpected, it, it, they do not expect it. it. It's certainly not an obligation. Uh, if you do, you know, it's just not something that you know you have to go out of your way. So when we asked, and the response was whatever you're comfortable with, they meant that whatever yeah. whatever you're you're comfortable with, and that's it. David Wallace is right. here, and uh, we're speaking about koshertravelers.com. Okay, so um, it, what about everything else? We know about Dubai. Will Pesach programs under coachtravelers.com take place, or are you just waiting for the word like everybody else is? Will cruises eventually get back into gear, or you're just waiting for the word like everybody else is? How would you describe the way things are in December of 2020? Great question. I think on the one hand, we've got to put the pedal to the metal, as I say, full steam ahead, as if COVID and corona is behind us. The vaccines, there's talk about it in the media. So we've made plans in place, full steam ahead for Pesach, Passover, here in Dubai and in Israel. But at the same time, Man thinks and God laughs. We've all learned that hard lesson this year. Yeah. Very much so. And so we'll have contingencies in place, whether it's, uh, you know, last-minute cancellations, refunds, that sort of thing. So that's the plan. And uh, I do believe that people have had enough of being at home. They've got, they've got you know, they've, some people have even been able to save over the last year. They have never, they've, not Good traveled. Point. they've not traveled as, Good they, point. as they normally do. So, Make uh, sure to uh, check out the website. Go to koshertravelers.com. Every category we spoke of is there on the site. And those who are interested in the winter vacation trip, the Yeshiva break trip, uh, I will say it again because I think the concept is unique. It's not exclusive for people who have friends and relatives in Israel, but if you have friends, family, relatives in Israel, children especially, who might be in school there right now, uh, you have an opportunity with ease, without quarantine, and without, like you said, you know, green zone both ways, without quarantine, yeah. etc., you, you have an opportunity to meet them in the UAE during Yeshiva break and spend the entire week. And you'll take care of everything, whether it's food and transfers and lodging, you're oh, going to take care of everything. Correct. But I'll, I'll add another point. Um, you know, there's some, some people that the, that those particular dates of our tours that we selected right. uh, may not be suitable. So They we, need an adjustment. Correct. So we, we're able to cater for people who want to come on their own. Private family groups, uh, smachot events that want to come and do a function here or just simply want to visit Dubai on their own, don't want to be on a bus necessarily with people, but they want to come and experience that so we can do, and it's called FITs, where it's individual travel, okay, it's customized, bespoke travel for individual, there are places we, we have rates, excellent rates with multiple hotels across the city, we've got the connections with the caterers here in town, and we'll make it happen for you, so uh, whether, uh, either by group or privately, we're here for you. Go to koshertravelers.com for information. And you, David Wallace, are the recipient now, as I have the honor of presenting to you, the official Nahum Siegel Network 
Dubai 2020 shirt. This is the shirt that if you own it, if you have it, you could say you were part of this historic adventure. Uh, this is how we distinguish those who say they were with us on this journey and those who are actually with us on this journey. So please accept us with our compliments. Thank you, Nachum. I can't wait, wait to wear it around town. Much appreciated. David Wallace, koshertravelers.com. Check out the website. You'll see a whole bunch of great material there describing all the different things they do in all cities around the world, but especially now in the city of Dubai here at the UAE. Uh, we're broadcasting live. I want to thank, uh, actually, I want to take this opportunity to thank our friends at shopeichlers.com. Uh, they have uh, put together an amazing service for Hanukkah that honestly is really in play all year round. And that is same day delivery in different cities around the New York, New Jersey area. So take advantage. Your Hanukkah shopping, the menorahs, the candles, the oil, the pre-filled oil, the gifts for family, teachers, and kids, the gift cards, the books, no matter what it is you're looking for. You go right now to shopeichlers.com, shopeichlers.com. And if you have a same-day delivery for Borough Park or Flatbush or Williamsburg or Crown Heights or Staten Island or Queens or the Five Towns or Far Rockaway or Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, Jackson, New Jersey, shopeichlers.com will actually grant same day delivery which is pretty amazing check them out go to the website and make sure you have a um make sure you have all your uh make sure you have all your um needs taken care of again go to the website shopeichlers.com and enjoy back on september the 15th of 2020 when the UAE, or representatives of the UAE, and representatives of Bahrain, and of Israel, and of the United States, met on the south lawn of the White House, we had the opportunity that day, literally on the 15th of September, to speak with Ross Creel. Ross Creel was there as a representative who very much uh, was there to celebrate and appreciate what was going on that day at the White House when the Abraham Accords were signed. He is president of the Jewish Council of the Emirates. He's also our host for our Thursday JM and the AM coming up later this week, which will be done in advance before we head out uh, from this journey. And he is here to officially greet us and welcome us to the UAE. It is an absolute pleasure and honor to welcome you to JM and the AM. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you very much. On behalf of the, behalf of the Jewish community of Dubai, welcome to our beautiful city. You have to go through the history for us again. When you did sure. it for us two months ago, I was, I was just uh, uh, taking such uh, incredible pleasure hearing a story of tremendous forethought yeah. on your part. How did your relationship with what has now become the Jewish community of the UAE develop? Personally, um, I came here as an expat in 2008 to work for a French multinational. Strictly business. Strictly business. And um, they spent two years trying to persuade me to move here. And I spent two years saying no to them. Because I made the assumption that a from Jew like me couldn't live uh, a Jewish life. From South Africa. From originally. South Africa. Right. From Johannesburg. Right. In a Muslim country. And um, after two years of arm twisting and some uh, investigation by my wife the real official government, of course. <laughs> we uh, decided to move here and have a grand adventure. And uh, the premise was that uh, I would live an observant Jewish life, even if you put me 
on Mars. So we came with that intention, and we came with the intention of being of service. In fact, that was the prayer, the solemn prayer that I made to Hashem, effectively, is that uh, if I was not going to be of service, I, I didn't want to be here. Wow. And uh, two weeks after we arrived, my wife and I were hosting Rosh Hashanah services in, a, in an apartment that we rented, and we sort of never looked back. This is after you arrived permanently? After we arrived permanently right. in 2013. I, I want to mention that the community had four founding families, um, beautiful, strong, wonderful Jewish identities, and they did the first stage of community development, which was finding other Jews. The just um, we called it bageling. <laughs> I see that term has gone international. Uh, exactly. <laughs> when somebody does something that's obviously Jewish, because of the way they order their pizza or whatever, and you s you bagel them, you work out that they're Jewish, and you say, "By the way, are you, you're Jewish, right?" <laughs> and they look at you and there's double. So they did that, and um, those families, um, the Eder family the beautiful Jewish names, the, the Nates family, the Arazis, the Hershevitzes, they were the founders and they established the fundamental value of our community, which was a fundamental value of, of unity. When you um, met someone and worked out that they were Jewish in those early years, you weren't interested if they were Sephardi, you weren't interested in their Nusach, you weren't interested in you know the, the way they wore their kippah <laughs> and how high the Mechitza was. You just found another Jew, right? And that w those were the founding values of our community, was a deep sense of, of um, camaraderie and Jewish identity. And I had the schut of taking those values and the, that core group of people and working with my dear friend Alexander Pettifrand of Antwerp and turning that into a viable, active, permitted Jewish community that functioned appropriately, appropriately within the ecosystem of the UAE. One of the things we've learned um, in light of the Abraham Accords is that there was some type of significant Jewish community that developed at a certain time. If someone used the, the figure 1,000, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's an accurate one or not. How would you, numbers-wise, describe the development of the community? Was there a specific period or year where you saw a real mm -hmm. increase of Jewish people in this area? When I took over the leadership of the community, um, I was handed a list of names, emails, and numbers that numbered 30 or 40. Back in 08, or excuse me, 2010. 20, that was it was 2013. It was 2013, right. And um, we ramped that up over time into the, into the hundreds. Um, we had, in 2016, we had a beautiful communal set of over 200 people wow. where we could hardly, uh, there wasn't hardly space. And uh, if your daughter was on the other side of the room, there was no way to get her, get her, get her back to you for Manish Tanai. You know what I mean? <laughs> she, you couldn't even sort of move, move across the room. Um, and now, of course, we expect that the community will, will grow very rapidly. And um, in the next three to five years, I think that probably we will double in size every every uh, year or so. Moore's law will apply. With, that, the, <laughs> with that in mind, yeah. what were you, I went back to the transcript of our conversation. Mm. You, you did speak about certain moments uh, being very emotional. Mm. Recall September the 15th. What were, with all the background you just gave us, what was in your mind as you were standing there at the White House? The, the first thing I want to say is that, um, strangely, um, when I saw the four leaders walk out, 
Um, the person I focused my attention on actually was His Highness Sheikh Abdullah, who is the Foreign Minister of the UAE. Um, and he gave his speech in Arabic. And um, he's an extraordinary human being, dignified, um, a wonderful representative of this country. And I felt very proud to be a UAE Jew. That was the real moment, I think, when we declared to the world that we were no longer Jews from Antwerp and Johannesburg, New York, Sydney, um, uh, but Jews of the UAE. Do people like him feel that way about the Jewish community? Definitely. I mean, the, the, the message that we receive from leaders of the UAE is that uh, we are not guests um, in their home. That, in fact, this is our home as well. That historically, there have been Jews in the Gulf. Yep. And that this is a homecoming for us. Um, one of the things, I'm sorry for interrupting, but one mm -hmm. of the things I, I think is so important to point out to this listenership tuned in right now is what you're describing mm. was commonplace in the history of Jews and Muslims, mm -hmm. right? It was a little bit different when things developed the way they did in the 20th century. But if you go back in time, very often the government did treat the Jewish community the way you're describing mm -hmm. your government here treats your community. L the last 70, 80 years have eclipsed the reality that prevailed before that, right? which is that there were large, successful, and vibrant Jewish communities throughout the Islamic and Arabic world. Um, and in fact, in the, early th in the early 20th century, there was a short moment when it was considered possible that Arabic nationalism and Jewish nationalism after the fall of the Ottoman Empire right. would be sympathetic and convergent impulses. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, by the late 20s, that, that dream was over. That yeah. dream was over. Yeah. Um, but in, that was the aspiration. And, and now, in a certain sense, here in the UAE, under its leadership and guidance and with its vision, we again uh, consider the prospect of Jews, Muslims, and our co-religionists generally coming together here to demonstrate to the world at large that there is much more that we have in common that brings us together then that we have a part that divides and separates us. Two very important points to make, and I hope when, when you host us, please God, uh, toward the end of the week, I hope we have an opportunity to go into this more um, because I think it's so vital, especially for the bulk of our listenership because the bulk of our listenership you know, grew up in an American Jewish environment. I think for many of them, what you just described is a foreign concept. Mm -hmm. Many don't realize the history of the Jewish and Muslim religion. Uh, especially in this part of the world. You described the Persian mm -hmm. Gulf. And the second thing is that, uh, again, because of, the, of what many of our parents and grandparents went through and because of the development of the hatred in Israel, unfortunately, Arab versus Jew, many people don't realize mm -hmm. that there are so many positive relationships between those two groups of people. And really, I believe September the 15th, with a start, with a real, with a real, um, uh, with a real jolt, I think jolted the American Jewish community, again, who, uh, who have the background that I described, into a new type of thinking mm. that there are Islamic leaders that have a real affinity to the Jewish community. True. So the September the 15th was designed, and in fact, generally, the UAE um, shatters your assumptions right. about Islam 
and about Muslims. And um, that is not something you're here to see it yourself, right? which is good because you have to experience it. And bring it to everybody, which we're doing right yeah, now. Exactly. You, ha you, you have to share that experience with your listeners. And it's the experience of seeing somebody in an abaya or a kandura, and uh, they're going to watch Star Wars or wandering through the mall, pushing a pram, just like you are. <laughs> and there's a, there's a deep sense of connection. And, you know, to, you know, if you look at it, um, Jews and Christians share a holy book. Um, we share the Chumash. They call it the Old Testament. Right. Um, but Jews and Muslims share our practice. We are very similar in the way that we, we practice. And what I love about the experience of living in a Muslim country is just seeing how much we have in common. We pray, we fast. Yeah, we do all the same things as them. We do all the same things as them. And you can ask all the questions you ask. You know, what time is your first prayer? Oh, it's 20 minutes before sunrise. Ah, interesting. We have nights. It's actually at sunrise. You can ask questions and really, you know, when does Ramadan start? When does it finish? What do you have to break your fast on? It's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. All the principles that you can think of that we valorize as Jews, they also do. In fact, some of those things they do even better than us. Did you know this be before honest. you got here? No, I didn't. Any, That's interesting. You know, what I do when, when um, I, I have guests in town, I, take them, I walk with them to the city, and I point things out to them, and I say, this is Abraham Avinu, look at it, can you see it? I, p I point to things. Uh, we, come, we, we come from the same tradition, and um, it's very... The, what the UAE is doing with the Abrahamic Accords is saying, let's first recognize how much we have in common. After we've done that, and we have a framework that establishes our basic uh, connectivity, then we might differ on certain things, and we can debate them. But we debate it as brothers. We don't debate it as you know, hostiles. And it just completely changes the, the way that the debate occurs. Interesting. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. It's Ross Creel who's with us, president of the Jewish Council of the Emirates. We'll have more opportunity to speak later in the week, but I'll end with this: What is the impression here of America and Americans in general? Even even if it's derogatory, you could tell us. No. So the, <laughs> the look, the first point to make is that the achievement of the Abrahamic Accord was an extraordinary achievement of the American administration. They do credit them. Ab definitely. Uh, I, don't th I think it would be churlish for anybody not to. This was an extraordinary achievement uh, of the administration and something that they really can credibly be very proud of, and all of us should be proud of it. Um, and I think that uh, it's, it's an achievement that uh, uh, the resonance of which uh, will play out over, over decades. You know, and they get the credit for it, and they deserve it. And it's warmly deserved. And in terms of American culture and Americans in general, anything special? Or, well, the the Emiratis are very um, um, international. They all study overseas. Many of them study in the U.S. Mm. Um, many have traveled to the U.S. Um, when they travel overseas, they don't wear their traditional kandura. They wear Western dress. Um, and um, perhaps they do that because they just want to mix in, right. so to speak. But I mean, we do similar things sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do. We do. We wear our baseball caps. Sure. So that when you see somebody wearing a baseball cap, a South African <laughs> telling me about a baseball cap, I love it. <laughs> That's true. But but look, America is 
is um, a leader of the world. And uh, I say this as a South African now, uh, we look up to it. And I think America, certainly vis-a-vis uh, Israel and the, the uh, Abrahamic Accord has shown uh, extraordinary leadership. Amazing. Uh, Ross, this has been great. And uh, it's a pleasure to uh, be in your country <laughs> and to have this, uh, uh, have this relationship now with someone who's a leader here in the UAE. And we uh, look forward to our next broadcast, which, is a, which will just be another couple of days from now. I'm so excited that you're here, Nachum. I uh, want you to see it with your own eyes. I, we've been seeing it. We've and s- convey it to your listeners. We certainly are trying to do that, and I think we're doing a good job at it, frankly. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Ross Creel officially uh, uh, welcoming us to the UAE. Oh, and I before you leave, Ross, I take this opportunity to present to you something that one can only get if they were actually part of our broadcasts here in Dubai, and that is the official Nahum Siegel Network Dubai 2020 t-shirt. You're going to be one of those people who, when they say they were actually with us, can actually prove that he was with us, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, more coming up. You are listening to a, uh, a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM as we continue Uh, here on a Tuesday from Dubai. Yes, you heard us correctly. We are in Dubai, almost impossible to believe, uh, but it is a fact, and we appreciate everybody uh, being out there and and being in touch with us via the NSN app. If you have a comment you'd like to make or anything you'd like to tell us, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. More coming up at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Katz, he has a busy Hanukkah week coming up. <coughs> Before that, Mordechai Shapiro, we're live in Dubai. I'm not kidding, we're live in Dubai. <laughs> it's not a punchline. And what Ross just said is something that we take very, very seriously about bringing this message to the world. <coughs> There's so many different messages that we're going to be emphasizing over these few days. And the ones that he mentioned are certainly among them. Uh, today our broadcast is being done with Ilunishma Sachana Leabas Mayor Halevi. Uh, I want to thank the Brick family. Ruvain Brick's mother's 10th yard site is taking place today, and we uh, uh, commemorate that by um, uh, Ruvain commemorate that by um, sponsoring today's broadcast, and we thank him. Also, I'd like to ask everybody to please keep in mind Tamara Lisheva Bastvora, Tamara Lisheva Bastvora, um, who is uh, having surgery today. Tamara Lisheva Bastvora, keep in mind Tamara. Eli Shavabastvora having surgery today. Also in the um, life cycle events, I want to wish listener Mendy a happy milestone birthday. I don't know if you know, but on the 7th of December, on Pearl Harbor Day, listener Mendy celebrated a milestone birthday. Mm. What do you think of that, Miriam O. Wallach? 
So we wish him a very happy birthday from all of us. Oh, and he's a big That's Life fan. Really? Let me tell you that this week, two days from now on That's Life at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Miriam will actually be speaking with people who are uh, based in both the UAE and Israel and the U.S. You're going to have a... A trifecta going of people who spend a lot of time in all three countries, and a lot of uh, a lot of female power, a lot of woman power, a all lot right. of Whoa. girl power. All so right, I'm say. Well, I'm glad you warned us. When I don't I, think you can handle it. When I, well, I wouldn't want to got into that. I wouldn't want to be tuned in and of not, course. and not know in advance. The chairman of today's event, uh, who leads a list of people that we have to thank, and we'll do that list in a minute if you don't mind. Starts with B. The chairman of the event is uh, Ralph Rosenbaum. Who, as I said earlier, when he heard what we're doing, he, he got the message. He got the mission right away. Uh, there are people we've noticed. Some get the mission right away. Others do not get the mission right away. Right. And by the way, those people who don't get the mission right away may never get the mission. Right. right. But Ralph got it right away. So a big thank you to Ralph mm-hmm. Rosenbaum and Rosenbaum Financial Services, 1-800-TAX-CPA2, 1-800-TAX-CPA2, and taxcpa2.com and we'll have a chance to speak to him about his firm during the week we'll have a chance to speak about it. we're getting toward the end of the year it's a good good time to speak to ralph uh, but ralph yeah ralph do you have the time to be here with us yeah right what's now? going on here? it's the end of the year ralph how did you have time to fly to dubai come on it's it's a few days off i have people in the office that <laughs> handle it it can be done i think i think, I think we scared of it too yeah, no, no, into no. thinking oh my gosh should no, i have no, left no. or should i not have Thanks. left <laughs> we, we have people in the office it can be done and uh if they need my number, they have my cell phone, they can call me here. If they See, Ralph me. has a great support staff. Right. It's very similar to us. We have a great support right. staff. Exactly the same. We can leave and so many things still get done in yeah. the studio. Uh, so, so uh, Ralph, we thank you. We thank You're you for realizing welcome. how important this mission is. And you said something interesting off the air a moment ago. You said that you're listening. <laughs> Ralph's already stunned. He you, didn't realize he said, said anything interesting. You said you're listening to Ross and others who are part of today's conversation, and it took you back to a specific time. What did it no, take you I back fe- to? No, I just felt like I was a person on the wall mm. inhaling this learning from Ross and um, everybody else who spoke about what's going on between the UAA and Israel and, and what is going to ha- happen in the future. Right. And, I was just, and I just took it and said, wow, this is really happening the fact that I'm here listening to it as well, and hopefully as it comes up in the next uh, months or years, we will see a fruition more of it than we have now. And mm. this is from the man who rightfully said when he was in the mall today, in the Dubai mall, you know, this could be a mall in New York. This could be, you know, at, but nonetheless, even though there's that element here that it's similar to other corporate parts of the world, he is acknowledging that he feels the the warmth that the people here have toward Jews. You're, I, you, you like us, have your yarmulke on. It's a non-issue here. That, that is correct. And people are friendly here, very friendly. They don't look at you suspiciously. You, you walk in parts of New York, they look, at, they look at you suspiciously with the yarmulke on. Nothing here. Very kind. People kind. Miriam, I think, said it early in the first 15 minutes of the program, where the um, people, the workers... Courteous. Yeah. Everything was courteous. Everything was very outgoing. Very, very lovely people. Ralph Rosenbaum is here. He chairs this event. And thanks to Rosenbaum Financial Services, 1-800-TAX-CPA2, taxcpa2.com. We also want to thank our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms. You know them in Queens, New York. I do. Casinofarms.com. We want to thank Aaron's West Orange. You mm-hmm. know them from New Jersey, yep. Aaron'sWestOrange.com. We want to thank uh, Joe Rosazada and Simon Jacob, who lead our Jewish Unity Initiative. We also from West Orange. That's correct. Uh, we want, well, Simon's not from Jerusalem. Yes, but you know what I mean. Also want to thank uh, Morty Getz. We had, uh, when, you were, when you were taking care of some things before, mm-hmm. uh, and I thank you for that, because I saw there was a lot of uh, hullabaloo going on. 
uh, moments ago. It was Labadick. So when all that was happening, we yes. were able to go through all the different oh, places good. that ShopEichlers.com will deliver to for Hanukkah with same-day delivery. Go Not to yet Dubai, Nachum. Not as far as we know. No. Go to ShopEichlers.com. Also, Mayor Kruder is here documenting all of our activities with his uh, photography, photographic genius, Kruder.com, uh, K-R-U-T-E-R.com. Uh, we mentioned Steinrath Communications and Ariella, of course, and Cross River Bank. Uh, Gilles Gade and the Phil Goldfeder again came through. They, they heard about a special project like this, and they said, count us in. And they are in, and we thank them. Also, a big thank you to our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, and to everybody who's part of this broadcast. We thanked Aryeh Kunstler before. We again played his song toward the top of the hour. I really do not feel you play his song enough, even <laughs> though you've been playing it once an hour. Okay. I just want to say that. Maybe we should play it actually consistently once an hour during the visit. That would, that would be a good idea. I agree. I think it should be played more than once an hour. Hmm. Have you seen the album art for it yet? I have not seen the album art for it, but oh, no, actually, that's not true. I did see because he put it in WhatsApp. Right, and do you know and what it says at the top? Yeah, Nahum Siegel Network presents. Correct. Do you know what we should do? Present it on the hour. Present it on the air. It's a good idea. Thank you. Like Another that. good idea, well, ladies and gentlemen. I've had three good ideas this show. Wow, you're taking this very personally when I say it's a great idea because you know people do toss ideas out there. Some may be better than others. Correct. I'm acknowledging that. You're right now, though, all of my good ideas seem to be consular related. That's all I have to say. And um, there's What's nothing wrong with your phone. Great to have a phone die in the middle of the show. Well, there you go. I it's was good thing we're not broadcasting. Well, I was trying phone. to look up something important, actually. Oh. I want to thank those who gave us Shliach Mitzvah money. Yes. Because after all, hey, we're flying all the way to Dubai, 6,800 miles away from New York. We need your dollar. And, uh, It'll help well, us. Well, I thank you, and we're going to make sure that that's put in, into an appropriate place. And we want to thank those who are hosting. We, are we thanking those hosting us for dinner tonight? I don't know. What yeah, we, gotta, we have to thank Ellie. So Ellie Ellie's is. Ellie's Kosher Kitchen. Ellie Creel. Ellie's Kosher Kosher Kitchen is certified by the OU, available here in the Hilton. Uh, rumor has it there'll be a huge announcement, an official announcement in the next day or so uh, regarding Ellie's. But Ellie's has, shall we say, exploded and in a, in a great way. The number of people who are here taking advantage of her excellent food. Um, is really quite astounding. Her catering opportunities are, you know, are available to anyone, even if you're not staying at the Hilton. So we're the beneficiaries of it tonight. Oh, we sure are. Dinner's at eight, Nachum. And you know why my phone died? Out of battery. <laughs> That's a legitimate. <laughs> I can't blame Apple for that. Okay. I have to take the blame for that one. Um, so we do thank Ellie. Ellie also, by the way, came through big time when we were ousted from our original location for broadcasting today. Right. And uh, Ellie's like, oh, that no, was Ellie who took yeah, care of it. she said, no problem. They wow. can just use the shul. Very nice. Now, but meanwhile, the gentleman from the hotel kept on saying it was a prayer room. And I said, oh, okay, you know, I can't obviously disturb anybody's prayer room. And then Ellie said to me, no, it's the shul. I'm like, oh, it's the shul? We can do a shul. We can do a shul from a shul. I haven't been in a fancy ah. shul like this in quite a while. I haven't been in a shul with a view like this in a while. You could follow our journey on social media. You could follow. I'm, I'm fine, thanks. We could follow uh, the the journey on social media. Go to uh, Instagram and follow Nachum Siegel Network. Go to Instagram, follow Nachum Siegel Network again. Follow our journey on social media. Uh, Yoni points out to me that Twitter has plenty. Nachum Siegel Net. Facebook has plenty, Nahum Single Network, but Instagram, he says, is a yotze minaklal. Instagram really has a lot of great mm. material from this journey. Is it all from Cruder? Because my kids have requested that we share as much Cruder content as possible. Well, the only person from our team that's capable of doing that would be Yoni. He'd have that's to make true. that decision about whether he's sharing Cruder material or not. 
uh, I know the majority of cruder material uh, stays uh, in the cruder file, but right. some of it that relates to us will make it Correct. into our Correct. Instagram feeds. So I mean, Cruder's met a lot of very interesting people so far on this trip. Yeah, why is it that every trip... And I do not know. Have, have I mentioned that it's five times now that he's been with us? Yes. Why is it that on every trip he meets interesting people and... And seems to go out on social tangents. Let Why me, is that? I don't know, but let me tell you something funnier about Cruder. Let's you know. talk. First of all, let's talk about Cruder like he's not here. No, why not? Okay, yeah. but he's here. Okay. But let's also talk about the fact that today in the mall, when we had I don't know six minutes to do all of our gift shopping for right. our family members, um, at one point you know it was time to go. We right. had to get back here, and David Wallace and, and and we're all waiting, and and David Wallace says, "Well, where's where's Mayor?" I'm like, "Don't worry, he always comes back." <laughs> and lo and behold, we turn around. And there was Cruder. Just a second or two later. And he huh? said, what? I had six minutes left on my timer. He had Amazing. set a timer, but we were, you know, getting a little antsy. And getting, but Cruder is always there. And I'll tell you for the eighth of a second that it always takes us to hesitate as to whether or not we should take a photographer with us. It is always worth it. All right. So Yoni is editing that portion out of the show, apparently. The eighth of a second part? <laughs> Every time it's worth it. I'm saying that on live radio. Yeah, I know. That's what scares me, I frankly. I know. And as the person who negotiates with him, yeah. I basically just yeah, so showed ma- my hand. So maybe we could stop this now and, uh, and make sure that this does not enter Kruger, any- it's got to be. I'm exhausted. <laughs> this uh, doesn't enter into future negotiations. When Arya Kunstler was with us- We didn't give Kunstler a shirt. Oh, we, didn't give, we didn't give Kruger a shirt yet. Well, he hasn't been on yet. Oh. Oh, okay, fine. No. Um, when, when Arye Kunstler was with us uh, yesterday yes. during JM and the AM, not only did we have a chance to speak about the theme song, we also spoke about another song oh my that gosh, has to do with Abraham. I love this Because this is the promise that Abraham was given by God uh, to have children like the stars in the sky and the sand on the earth. And, uh, and of course, the Abraham Accords are aptly named um, in honor of of our patriarch. So we'll do this song. It's called The Promise. Arya Kunstler with plenty more coming up. Live, no joke, live from Dubai, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates at JM in the AM. You've waited all this while Still without a child Yeah, your faith in me Never questioning anything at all So this I promise you If you promise to stay true Your children will be like the stars in the sky This vast universe before your very eyes Endless in number and endless in size couldn't count it if you try. I promise you tonight. Oh. Now that I've granted you a son, there's one more thing to be done. So oh, listen, please. Take the one you. Sacrifice him up above As an offering to me So this I promise you If you promise to stay true Your children will be like the stars in the sky This vast universe For your 
please do not move your hand You've proven yourself loyal to me Your name will carry on Your nation will grow strong A promise kept throughout history So this I promise you If you promise to stay true Your children will be like the stars in the sky This vast universe before your very eyes Endless in number and madness in size You couldn't count on me if you tried You couldn't count on me if you tried J.M. in the A.M., The Promise, Arye Kunstler, already the talk of the town with a theme song for our journey to Dubai. Um, but that's his song called The Promise. The Promise is an appropriate selection because it speaks about the promise given by God to Abraham that his children will be reflected in number by the stars in the sky and the grains of sand on the earth. Perfect song to commemorate the Abraham Accords that we are now celebrating as we are in Dubai in the UAE at the Nahum Siegel Network. And with all that in mind, I have an opportunity to introduce a cousin, a cousin of ours. I like that word. Honestly... (laughs) Honestly, one of the things we very much looked forward to, and Miriam and I have been speaking about this for the last yeah. week, was meeting some of our cousins, some of our cousins that we live with in peace, yeah. some of our cousins that we live with with the same goals and the same values yes. that they have. And Tufik, I hope this is pronounced properly. Uh, yeah. Would it be, that be okay? That's fine because I'm used to it. Like Everybody <laughs> have their own version <laughs> of my name. So. That's actually very <laughs> funny. Tufik Zakria. Tofik Zakaria. Tofik Zakaria. Yes. Uh, you are. Um, uh, let me let me read the uh, some of the things that we know about you. Yes. Tofik Zakaria is from the city of Cochin. Is that the right pronunciation? Yes. Now, where is that Cochin? It's in the southern part of India. Southern India. Okay. Yeah. Who does calligraphy in a number of languages, including Arab, um, Samaritan, Syriac, and Sanskrit? Okay. Um, and others as well. And the reason you're here, aside from us uniting with some of our cousins and having this conversation, which probably can only take place, frankly, on this side of the world at the moment, uh, the reason you're here is because you were also an expert calligraphist in Hebrew. And I would assume that if you're from India and you've spent time in some of the uh, interesting cities in this part of the world, it must be an interesting story how you got to include Hebrew in your arsenal of great calligraphy activities. How'd that happen? Yeah, so all, all of it happened when I was 10 years old. So I was just uh, a normal guy in the <laughs> city of Cochin, just living a normal life. But all of this changed the day when I visited synagogue of Cochin. 
So the first thing we learned is that there's a synagogue in Cochin. No, it's not only one synagogue. There were like more than 10 synagogues and there were uh, like seven communities. Cochin, so India. In India, yeah. In Cochin, only yeah. in Kerala. So, right. And the history dates back to the time of King Solomon. And so and so. And I was uh, the 10-year boy, that is, that was me, right. like was... Uh, jealous by hearing the stories what i heard from one of my classmates saying that i went to the like the tourist spot in cochin which is known as jew town the city there is a place by the name jew town <laughs> and it is in india can we note that there's a place jew town in cochin india and we got to put this on our list for the jewish unity initiative <laughs> and there is one more street by the name jew street wow so we have numerous number like uh, synagogues there so this was the one synagogue which was very famous for so the tourists from the different parts of the world come to see this place so one of my friend who went like he told that i went to the synagogue i went to the palace nearby and it was wonderful so that 10 year old boy couldn't like hold it for a long so he told his father on the like on i think it was on a friday evening or a saturday evening i insisted my father like he had no other choice than taking me to that place right so he took his bike and we went and finally entered in the road beginning of this uh, Jew town and I was just walking by and uh, that was like each step was uh, like I was time traveling to the bygone era you know like the steps the yeah. stone paved to a time of yesteryear yeah so it was completely the 10 year old boy was walking to the history and finally he ended up in the door of the synagogue so there was a gatekeeper who told no you cannot go because the synagogue is closed for the visitors and stuff like that. But I kept insisting him as well that you need to take me in. And uh, suddenly a person from the synagogue came out and he told, oh, that's a small boy. Let him come inside and we'll just give a show around. So that's how I... Like, but, but the step to go from that to learning how to yeah, write Hebrew so is quite a... Yeah, you know. that... That was one day which actually right. seeded a lot of that was curiosity, the beginning. Yeah, curiosity right. and interest in me. And then when I became 13 and like around when I was in my 10th grade or like between 10th and 11th grade, I was like like interested in different types of languages, you know, like fascinated by Chinese, hieroglyphics and other stuff like that. And this word Hebrew came up when I got a Hebrew, like a Gideon's Bible in my hand right. from my school, mm -hmm. so which had a small letter from the chapter of John, uh, like the, from the, the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it was translated into Hebrew. So apart from the other 24 languages in the preface, this caught my attention because 10 year old boy had something in his mind and then Understood. this triggered. So yeah. you, you, you know languages or know how to write languages I'll, I'll or tell both? You. So this Hebrew thing, I just, I didn't know what it is. Like I can see beautiful letters, like block letters written there. So I told, okay, I'll try to read. I want to find the word for God inside that, which I didn't know it was written Elohim. Right. So. Then I didn't know it was written Elohim. <laughs> right. So I just went, I just couldn't do anything on it because I had only this book and I had a pen. So I thought, okay, I'll just copy down the letters as it is. And by accident, I was just practicing the art by the name calligraphy. Unbelievable. So that How many languages can you do calligraphy in? Uh, right now, like this story is like 17 years old. Right. So now I'm just focusing on the Arabic and uh, Hebrew. Those are your two main. Those are two main, plus English. Right. Yeah, this is three, which I do on a daily basis. Right. You know, like, yeah. Is Hebrew a beautifully written 
language? I mean, I know a little bit of Hebrew, and I know what it looks like, but I don't know what it looks like in comparison to other but languages. Like, is Hebrew a beautifully written language? Are the, are the letters beautiful or have the potential to be beautiful? Yeah, it has lots of potential to be beautiful. Like where it is, like, you know, the language Arabic, it has gone to a like greater extent by finding lots of, like, the the beauty of language has been um, discovered by the lots of people. But right. Hebrew, since it was a very... Uh, religious oriented language like just used for the liturgy and the stuff so I think it has not grown as much as the Arabic but right. it has great potential are you yeah. living here now in the UAE yeah I'm living here uh, like almost close by and, like. and is the bulk of how you spend your day in the world of calligraphy is that your no I'm a chef by profession you're a chef you know? yeah so that's and this my is one profession. of your specialties yeah this is one of my <laughs> your menus must look beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I would think yeah so yeah so this uh, Hebrew all this came you want to well, we're on Facebook Live, and Tufik is here, and I apologize for not pronouncing it yeah, properly. We, we should write. We you should write something in Hebrew for us, right? The question is, what what should we do in Hebrew that you'll you know, beautify in your way for so everybody? You can tell your name, right? Well, let's do Miriam. Can we do Miriam's name? Yeah. Let her take this home as a souvenir. So if I said the letters' names, you would know them, yes, right? Yes, please. So she like it starts with Mem. Right. Are we doing Mem, Reish, Yud, Mem? Is that the... Okay, so it'd be Mem would be the first letter. So uh, I, I love to make the le the, the oh, name. It is the both the names, like Miriam, there's a second name or surname. If it is there, it'll be perfect. So it looks nice in the paper. So you can just tell Okay, well, you can tell us how to spell that. Okay. Yeah. So Mir Miriam is... Do you want my full Hebrew name? Do you want... Your first name and your last name, maybe. Okay. So it, uh, we'll start with an M. Anybody watching on Facebook Live, this is uh, Tufik, who's originally from India, and as you hear, learned uh, many, many languages, but Hebrew as well, and is now living in the UAE. And we're proud to call him a peaceful cousin who takes so great pride in our it community. Start with Mem, Reish, Yud. Boy, you say Reish better than I do. <laughs> and oh boy, oh boy, I'll tell you. Mem Sofit. Whoa! You know, sometimes, well, whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to give you how I learned Hebrew or what my education was like. But yes, it would be a Beb Sophie. And uh, what is the next? And could you give us the last name, please? Well, first of all, I have to say, yes, this is very exciting for me. <laughs> very. You're, you're welcome. Yes. Is this my Hanukkah <laughs> present? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> good thing you came then, because otherwise I wasn't getting a Hanukkah present. But this is exciting for me. Number one and number yep. two, the name Miriam, pronounced by Americans. Sounds awful. <laughs> so when you're when you're saying the Raish and you're saying the Mems and the Mems Sophie it's and just, Miriam and Miriam, it just brings back that whole flourish to the name that it lacks hmm. over here, over there. where we live. That's a great compliment. For so me. Yes. I thank you. So I thank you, and my mother yeah. thanks. You. And trust me, she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't compliment you. Not too Louisa. many people. Okay, yeah. so my last name yes. is there are two Vovs. Vov. Vov and Vov. This is Miriam Wallach spelling out her name in Hebrew. Yep. Lamed. Just giving the play-by-play, -play, that's all. Uh, thank you. As Tufik puts this down on a beautifully flamed calligraphy. Oh, my gosh. Paper. Ooh, look at that. Aleph. That is pretty amazing. And a chaf sofit. Which I can say to you because you right. know what that you is. Were <laughs> you were wondering if you were going to stump him with that. I got to tell you, Tufik, without any yeshiva education whatsoever, this is unbelievably beautiful. All right. So, Thank you. so by way of India, 
Uh, yeah, by way of India and then the UAE, we come from the state of New York, from New York City, to have Tufik um, put down on this beautiful paper, Miriam Wallach, in Hebrew letters. I'll tell you, you can't make this stuff up. Nope. This is <laughs> Only on this trip. Only on this trip and, frankly, only on this show. This is unbelievable. Thank you. Um, this is really beautiful. You. Give me your reaction to what happened two months ago at the White House and now as a resident of the UAE. Uh, you hopefully will also be a beneficiary of this incredible uh, arrangement between the UAE and Israel. Surprised and a dream come true. I have to put in two letter, two words. <laughs> like first word is surprised. You you feel it affected your life in yes, a significant yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. You know, like when I came, like when I was in India, like I used to lo- meet lots of uh, the guests from Israel, and I used to like speak to them when I was in Cochin. And even I have lots of friends in Cochin who like Cochini Jews who are living in Israel. So I used to be like meeting them when they come to India to meet their relatives who was left back. So, yeah, we used to have like get together. Sometime we used to have like soon after my marriage, uh, one of the Cochini Jewish member invited to them <laughs> for a like uh, uh, dinner. And I have to say I had a Jewish grandma who was like not a blood relation, but she was right. more than grandma to me. She acted like a grandma. <laughs> yeah, and she's no more, but uh, yeah. So her name was Sarah Jacob Cohen. Uh, yeah, for 10 years, we were like grandma and uh, grandson. So it was um, like, it was again featured into a documentary movie and it was uh, shown in, I mean, screened in the Beit Hafutzot Museum in Tel Aviv. Wow. So yeah, all of this happened this small span of time but when uh, was that documentary made how long ago uh, that took around six years because it was not but when was it released how long it ago? was released in uh, 2020 March 1st oh, in yeah and unfortunately right before COVID yes <laughs> and I couldn't uh, like be there personally just because I was in Dubai and uh, and like that it was so like short notice that I couldn't fly to that place but now I think it is easy for me to get a flight and be there in three hours <laughs> Tofik, what a an honor to meet you. Yeah, it is a great honor to be here. And I will like say peace, brother. See, you've been upgraded from a cousin to a brother. <laughs> I will say peace, brother. Shalom and shalom. Salam. Shalom, shalom. <laughs> we should always live in peace. Yes, please. Yes, that is the biggest thing which we all need in this world. Just peace. Todaraba. Todaraba. And we're going to recommend that people who are visiting the uh, UAE connect with you uh how should people connect with you are you on facebook or social media how i am in twitter i'm in instagram and facebook so i'm like an easy way for people to find you or what should they do how should they uh, uh they easily they can find my name like type in uh, instagram Tafik right. and the spelling is a little difficult right. different <laughs> if, you wanna, if you want to know folks email us and we'll let you know exactly I'll I want to present you with the official Nahum Single Network Dubai 2020 shirt. This is evidence that you were with us live and in person to participate in our shows. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Tufik, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. More coming up. You're listening to a very, very special Tuesday morning broadcast of JM and the AM from Dubai.
Aton Katz, of course, here at uh, JM and the AM. We're live in Dubai. I thought hmm. that the brilliance of scheduling Simon Jacob, who knows a lot about India, right, right after Tufik oh. would be amazing, but we didn't luck out because Simon's on a call and he's trying to join us. We may interrupt our conversation by getting the chairman of the right. Jewish Unity Initiative on, and it would be amazing to see if he had, had heard um, uh, any of the conversation that we had about Kuchin and uh, and the Jewish community of India, and if it doesn't happen today, obviously we'll do it tomorrow. But I just, you know, and of I, course, I, th- I thought that was brilliant programming until oh, of course <laughs> until, until it didn't work out. <laughs> until it didn't work. Um, right. right, I hear that. And by the way, if Simon Jacob has never heard of Jew Street, oh, I'm sure he has. If he hasn't, just then we well, I'm just saying, if he hasn't, then maybe he really wasn't born in India. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even, I, I always forget if he was actually born there yes, or was. spent his no, he youth was born there. there. Then where was Singapore? Singapore was after he was born? I think so, yeah. I see, I think it was the opposite. But, but, but you know what? We could ask him. We could ask him could if ask your him. programming genius works out. Whoa. <laughs> um, thanks, jo- by the way, thanks to all of our listeners who've been commenting on the app. Yeah, boy, we're off to a good start. And we're so happy. And honestly, I'm so happy that they're happy that our listeners are excited about what they're hearing and the, that the stories and the narratives and the history. And I'm so glad you just said what you just said because it reminded me uh, that Ruvain Brick, who, of course, as we mentioned, sponsored today's mm-hmm. show in memory of his mother, and I'm glad we were able to do that. He just sent me an email, which, of course, now I can't pull up for whatever reason. He just sent me an email about th- that he's been listening since 6.30 in the morning and how great this program has been, and he asked this about the synagogues, and I want to just tell him that we're going to have an opportunity tomorrow to broadcast, quote-unquote, Wednesday and Thursday. Right from some of and with the people who are responsible for the synagogues here. Um, people are anxious to hear Levi Duchman. He'll be with us on Wednesday's show uh, from the Chabad Center. Uh, people want to hear from people like Rabbi Abadi and those who Ross um, uh, help us, who, who helped Ross establish his community. They'll be with us on Thursday's show. So we are going to speak about some of the synagogues. Um, we'll, we'll hopefully, when Ross comes back uh, on Thursday, speak more about the history of this community. Because it does, I'm sure, predate 2008 when he first got here. And uh, we'll do all of that. So I wanted to just acknowledge that email from Ruvain um, as he uh, was asking specifically about the shuls. There are a lot of people to thank, as you know. There's also a crowdfunding uh, website. Yes, and that okay. was something that I desperately have been trying to look up on my phone. Oh, okay. I, and for some reason, my phone is not cooperating with me. Well, but you know, because when technology wants to just stop working and cause problems, it just does it without consulting anyone. Why is that? Because you'd think it would have enough respect to actually put in a consultation to right, like give you a little bit ask. of a heads up, a flashing that light, a warning light, a something. But no, but no. By the way, I just want to unbelievable. Okay, all right. Well, I oh, you know what? Oh, well, yes. Let me give a a specific shout out, um, so that at least we can mention it because this is very important to one of our great sponsors, Yaichi Herzog. Uh, from the Kedem Wine Corporation and somebody who basically, as a company, dominates our Thursday and Friday programming, as that you know. That is true. Um, so he said that there is a, a, a special, of course, I just went past it again. <laughs> There's a special uh, crowdfunding campaign that is going on um, uh, for an institution that spends a tremendous amount of time helping special children. Uh, and if you go, if you go to drive up yet another, you know, crowdfunding mm. site drive up d-r-y-v-e up dot com slash o-v again that's d-r-y-v-e u-p dot com slash o-v all the information is there that two-day crowdfunding campaign is concluding today mm. so everyone should please go there we're always referring great causes to everybody and this is another one so please take a look at that 
and support them generously. Nachum, I have to read this comment that yeah. Yoni just sent us. Yoni Pollock? Indeed. Yoni Pollock just sent us a message from Instagram yeah. from Panina Simon, okay. who writes, A true Hanukkah miracle to be able to see all the beauty of Dubai through Instagram and JM in the AM. Excellent programming. Thank you. May Hashem continue to bless your trip with success. Whoever's clapping, I appreciate Amen. that because we do deserve a round of applause. That we was do. really nice. That is really nice. And, and that's a great way, comment. Yes, it really is. And I, I also just want to say that even if your programming genius doesn't work out and Simon is not able to call in, I think the last interview that you did, the one with Tufik, when you referred to him first as a cousin and then as a <laughs> brother, and that entire moment of, of, of just watching the calligraphy unfold, and I mean, it just reminds... It reminds me, I'm sure it reminds you, that there's so much more that unites us than divides we're us. Watching, we're watching a cousin from India sit in the United Arab Emirates and write Hebrew for us. Right. Just that. To a couple a pretty, of, right, to a couple of Jews from New York. Correct. Yeah, just, I mean. Just that combo is pretty cool. Correct. And I'm told that there was a nice moment with him and Mayor Kruder because they both have talent in the world of art and they both appreciated each other's abilities, I'm told. Right. I, I, on the other hand, have no ability at art and ah. so therefore I just. You accepted the gift. I accept <laughs> the gift and then I remember how <laughs> pathetic my stick figures are <laughs> in the presence of two people who actually have skills. Yeah, they have real talent to yeah. say the least. Big shout out to our friends across River bank yes thank them every people every people every person <laughs> and company that we're thanking this week are people that really really right off the bat said guys go and do this exactly. it's important cross river is one of them and a big thank you to Joel's gate and to um and to phil goldfeder thank you to morty gets and everybody at shop eichlers.com aside from the uh, amazing uh, sponsorship that shop eichlers has with us on a regular basis uh, Morty said, I want to go to Dubai with you. It may not be possible. Whether right. I do or don't, we are supporting what you're doing. Uh, and he's a very big picture guy. He, yes. he understands bringing this story to our listeners around the world, especially right. those in New York and New Jersey, is significant. He probably also figured that the couple of days before Hanukkah, probably not the best time for somebody from Shop Eichler's <laughs> to head to Dubai. I'm just saying it's possible. Mm -hmm. That could be. He might have had a full dance card. A, a big thank you to our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms, casinofarms.com yes. in Queens, and Aaron's West Orange, Aaron's West Orange in New Jersey. Uh, aside from the great shopping experience and all the specials and everything people will find for Hanukkah, remember my point, and that is that everything you need for Hanukkah outside of food, with candles and mm -hmm. oil and special uh, tablecloths and cutlery and decorations, etc., that will enhance your Hanukkah celebration, all available at Aaron's in both of their locations. Now, if everything goes according to schedule, um, this wonderful lineup, and I'm giving you... I mean, what are the chances of everything going according to schedule? <laughs> I got to give you credit. I'm going to give you credit. Really? Yeah, because... You know the mics are on. You are essentially responsible for setting our lineup, and we did tell people for more than a week that we have a star-studded lineup, and so far you've made good on that. I got to tell you uh, that... Our Ariella and Yoni really had a lot to do with Oh, them. did they? So yeah. kudos to them as well. And if everything works out, then the final guest we will have in Dubai mm -hmm. for the final words on JM the AM, because obviously you and I will be on the air after that. You'll have a show after that, which I get. But mm -hmm. the final words on JM the AM on Thursday, if everything works out, and then, and then the next time you'll hear JM the AM, I'll be back in the studio Friday. Please, God. If everything works out, Jason Greenblatt. Yep. assistant to the President of the United States at one time and special representative for international negotiations at one time. Not only... You make it sound that... Well, you say it that way, it makes it sound like he was there under the Carter administration. No. <laughs> he was there last week. Thank right. you. Yeah. So, 
So he will will hopefully join us face to face before we leave um, Dubai. And I can imagine, and and rightfully so, both the president and the president's son-in-law got a lot of credit for what uh, went on on the fifteenth of September. But I would bet that Jason Greenblatt has been following the situation very, very closely and has plenty that he could tell us about, uh, both personally and professionally, plenty to tell us about what's happening here in Dubai and what's happened in Dubai over the last couple of months. So hopefully that will be uh, Thursday, and we hope to do that face-to-face. I don't think it's a secret that he is now literally traveling to Dubai as we speak, landing later tonight and uh, if his family didn't want me to announce that i apologize yep. uh, so that's the story if with they didn't that. realize he was gone <laughs> right that's actually now he is want to thank our friends at art scroll with a reminder that there are three thousand art scroll titles three thousand art scroll titles if you go to the website at artscroll.com there are three thousand art scroll titles if you go to the website at artscroll.com every one of them is available at 20 percent off no limit and free shipping if you use promo code radio. Again, every one of them is available, including Rabbi Besser's brand new one on Nishmas. Every one of them is available at 20% off, no minimum, free shipping if you use promo code radio. you got to be crazy mm. to go to artscroll.com and not use promo code radio. I mean, I mean, one would question one's shopping ability, one's shopping acumen, if they go to a website where they're offered 20% off and free shipping with promo code radio and not use it. That would be... What would you call that? That would be that would be careless on the part of a shopper, wouldn't it? No, I'm a little flair for the dramatic there. <laughs> I'm just saying it might have uh, been a little bit over the top. Thanks a lot. Maybe no. the people at Artscroll appreciated it. Please <laughs> more, use the promo code. More than you did. <laughs> go to Artscroll.com for details. Again, go to Artscroll.com for details. And finally, we want to thank a group of people that's always sponsoring special projects for us, and that's the folks at Rothenberg Law Firm. Go to InjuryLawyer.com, InjuryLawyer.com. And we are giving special regards to all Rothenberg family members and everybody at their firm for always being there when we have an interesting idea for broadcasts related to our community. Hashtag kosher halftime show. <laughs> just saying we got we to gotta start working on there that. There is a kosher halftime show this year? We got to start working on that. You don't need to signal to me that there is none. Just when you thought there'd be like a day off after Dubai. Oh, he meant there's no football team in Houston this year. You know what you said? When you thought there'd be a day off? Just when you thought there might be a day off. No. By the way, for yes. those who predicted that the kosher halftime show would be would be dominating the conversation on the way back to New York oh. between Miriam L. Wallach and Nahum Siegel, I have news for you. I'm putting my head down. It on wasn't desk. on the way back to New it York. Was on the it was way on the way here. to Dubai that she brought up the topic and was relentless in trying to get relentless. All the, relentless in trying to get all the ideas out there. It was yes. a twelve hour flight. I was trying to pass the time. Relentless in trying to get all the ideas out there. So there you have it. Okay. I want to thank all those who've commented on the app. You yes. mentioned that we had a lot of great comments we today. We really did. And we did have an, uh, an amazing lineup and I want to thank everybody, uh, from Ross to Fleur to Ariella, um, to Tufik, um, who am I missing? Um, to our chairman Ralph Rosenbaum. Uh, and to everybody who joined us, uh, if you want a great photographer for your next travel adventure, because let me tell you something, he could be a great event photographer, and he could be a great photographer for studio sessions and to teach uh, photographic expertise in high schools. But when is he at his best? When is he at his greatest? When, when he's, he's on, in Dubai. When he's on a travel adventure. So if you or your family are doing a destination wedding or bar mitzvah, if you and your family take are, him on safari. If you and your family are going, watch on him a, wrestle a lion. If you and your family are going on a safari, <laughs> if you and your family are going on a cruise, 
take him with you. You'll want the entire thing. You'll want the kids going down the sliding pond into the pool. You want that documented. He will make sure to get photos of all the activities that your family's participating in. Who am I referring to? I'm referring to Mayor Cruder, or more accurately, Mayor Cruder, uh, at Cruder.com, K-R-U-T-E-R.com. This is the fifth time he's on an adventure with the Nahum Siegel Network, and from what Yoni tells me, so far, so good. Nahum, yes. I just want to tell you, and we have to we, we have to close the show. That's it? Yeah, I want to let you close the show with this. Yitz Jacob writes on the app, he, my father, was born in Singapore. Ah! Which means I am right. That's how we're ending this it show. It means yes. Nachum was that right. Was how, yes. Yitz, thank you very much for that. Achenu be Yisrael and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at AchimSiegel.com and the AchimSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up an amazing Tuesday from Dubai. Thanks to everybody for joining us and for tuning in and being part of this amazing story. The story gets better and better and continues tomorrow on JM and the AM between 6 and 9 a.m. Tomorrow we are at the Jewish Community Center, Chabad Synagogue. Uh, Rabbi Duchman and company, more special guests, and a whole bunch of important narrative about the history that we are living through right now. We are living through history. Let that not be lost on anyone. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>